Gentlemen, podcast number 348. Hey. Ah, there we go. Wow, that was a bit of a false start. Going, uh, that well, one, yeah. That's the first time we've had an actual crack, though, in about... In a long time. Yeah. 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 It's because yeah. I decided to drink a beer. I don't normally do that. Although, drinking... It's a seltzer? <laughs> okay, the Rheingeist, the Rheingeist bubbles. This shit, it is, it is literally rose ale. Ah. It Ooh. tastes like champagne. Mm-hmm. It tastes like pink champagne. Okay. Um, it's apple, peach, and cranberry. So these that's pretty good. I think we ripped through about twenty seven <laughs> of these at the Denver the rally. The Denver, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why because look familiar. Dan uh, Hostick. Yeah, I pronounced your name right, Dan. Uh, <laughs> Dan Hostick was giving these away to us hard at Mid Ohio. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got I got addicted to the Mathlete. Yes, because it's mathlete. a lower it's yeah. a lower alcohol IPA. Yeah. It, it's and so these things are just fucking great. These Rheingeist bubbles, and again, it is hilarious because it's like a bright, dry, and lithe rose ale with apple, peach, and cranberry for tartness and blush. Bubbles erupts with effervescence and evanescence. Where you drink champagne and it tastes Jeez. just like bubbles. bubbles. When, you blow, <laughs> when you blow bubbles, you blow bubbles he, yeah. he erupts in effervescence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Going to spend all day blowing bubbles. Hi. My name's hey, bubbles. baby, can you put that in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> That's That's there was actually a, a kid in high school. He, he was a big... Right. Dark skin athlete. Yeah. His name was Bubbles. His name was Bubbles. Bubbles. Was all yeah. kinds of Again, it's just a trailer park boys thing for me. It just yeah. it's it, uh, it will do that for you me wanna, forever. Hey, you wanna blow bubbles? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how it works. Yeah. Where are they? <laughs> right here. This guy. This guy. <laughs> all right. So I'm and he, sure he matured. He became that guy that turned into the light switch. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Wow, it didn't take us long, did it? No, yep, no, yep. it didn't. It was pretty much right out the sh- right out the shoot, as they say. The uh, so to my left, Oscar, and to his left, Steve Sleepy, and his left, Dan Kramke, and Chris Franklin, triumphant return of Chris Franklin, and Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, your humble narrator, Phil Waters. It's funny because okay, we look down at the we look at the clock in the wall and we go, well, it's you know October twenty first. It's getting pretty late in the game. Mm. Today was fucking crazy at the shop. And it wasn't yeah. like a sunny day. It wasn't like, oh, get your yayas out because it's a beautiful day. Last night, I rode home on a ZX-14R. I have now gotten that motorcycle up to 181 miles per hour. Personal best. Well done. Nice. At 181 miles an hour, the car that was very far in front of me oh, yeah. was no longer very far in front of me. And that's really why fast. I that's why I had to slow down because I'm I will not I'm not the kind of guy who's going to pass a car Mm-mm. at a hundred mile per hour speed variance. I did so mm-hmm. when right. I had my R one. Yeah, I, like I think I talked about this before. I did the same thing. I hit 181 indicated, indicated so maybe yeah. 170 whatever it is, yeah. whatever it is <laughs> down there. <laughs> right, but same thing. I was like, oh look at that car. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm letting off now. And I mean, I tend to do this very late at night. Yeah, I tend to do this out west of where I live. The road is fucking flat. It's beautiful. Your tax paying and dollars. If you, hit hard something, work. you didn't know it was there, so you don't even know you're you don't going even know you. Yeah. You don't even know it's over. <laughs> no, right. The last thing you you get to the pearly gates and dude. St. Peter, 181. <laughs> Come on. And the best part is, is he goes, hey, look, your body's still flying. Yeah, it's still good. <laughs> yeah. The last thing through your head is your ass. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So did I bump the speed governor or what? And uh, so, yeah, you're right. And I mean, I do this now. Yeah. Look, look again. Nobody listens to this podcast to learn how to be a better person. No. <laughs> Nobody's ever listened to this podcast. That's, and went, that's, 
You know what? Are you saying this? I'm going to rethink not, my life. It's not Tony Robbins. It is none it's of the thing and oh, Cleveland Moto Podcast. No, if we're your moral compass, you're lost. <laughs> this is not a self-help. This no. is an no. enabler. In fact, what this really is, is it's like the Jerry Springer show. It just makes you feel better about you. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, listeners. Steve, Steve. You guys can do it. Hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd like to thank our listener. The uh, it's it is so the experience last night. It was a little chilly, so you know it was you know sixty five degrees or whatnot. Now for the podcast, listen. Not that this matters. I was fully geared, right? I'm fully geared. Does that matter? at one hundred eighty miles an hour? It doesn't. It doesn't. On the road, sorry, because on the track it does matter. But uh, on again, the road, on right? The road, yeah. On the road. But it'll be easier to shovel you up. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it'll hold everything in a bag yeah, for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So are we, are we going to reset his bones? No, 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 no. 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 We're just going to wire right into the neck. Yeah. Just leave the head in the helmet and he'll just be one of those heads in a jar. But we can still do podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Won't slow us down at all. I can. And I will volunteer to sprinkle the food. Yeah, in sprinkle here. the food <laughs> in my jar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So big party. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna have to move to clear liquor so it right. doesn't fog right, so it doesn't fog up the jar. <laughs> Birds my eyes. <laughs> totally worth it. So good. <laughs> so it was very funny that you know, so I'm I'm ripping along and this time because because I've done this in steps, right? I've done this in stages. I I didn't just like oh I did 140, I did 150, I did 165. So those things were all known entities and all on the same piece of road so that there was no surprises, mm. right? And I love how he's clarifying this. Like, just to make what? sure, in case yeah. anybody at home wants to do it and they don't have their own private airstrip <laughs> or they don't have their own Bonneville salt flats or whatever. being reckless <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Right. We're, we're reckless. reckless. Right. Right. Was Come on. Very professional, very empirical. Well, and I'd like to remind for scientific purposes, everyone right. that this was on a closed course and that medical personnel were standing by. Yeah, I mean, you guys have seen that every Thursday we close down the range. We close down the range. Yeah, so right. it's not a problem. All those bikes are going 35, right? Yeah, yeah. If they're going 75 past our podcast, that's literally a set. That's mm-hmm. the, the, that's all been cleared with the city. <laughs> but it was funny. So like I looked down at I looked down at 175 and I was like, well, this is fine. Because 175 <laughs> was my test. Yeah. So 175 mm-hmm. was my test. And I was like, any anomalies, anything odd, we'll just back away because we know that 165 was fine. Right. So I did the 175 and the 175 was fine. And so I was like, okay, there's nothing ahead of me. So nothing ahead of me. Line of sight is wonderful. So giddy up. So mm-hmm. I, and I gave it a little wick and I gave it a little bump. And as soon as I got from 175 to 181, that's when I could see the taillights ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh, that's coming fast. You know, that's, you know, that's far when the taillights show up, you know, that's a half mile, a mile away. And that was like, I shut it down and backed out to, you know, hundred miles an hour or whatever. Yep. And I was on them Yep. just in the time it took me to naturally, cause I knew you don't want to hit the brakes at 180 miles an hour. Now, were you so, rocking the new windscreen? I was. And so how did I, that help a that's lot? what I wanted to talk about. Uh, so I had the zero G this is the, the blue ninja, the, oh, the, ZX, oh. the ZX 14 R. Yeah. So it has the Kaufman's exhaust mm-hmm. and it has no alterations that I can determine to the ECU. I believe that, I believe the ECU is factory, Stock. not modified. I have not hit a 186 speed limiter, so I don't know if it's been unlocked right. or not. Yeah. doesn't matter. Ir- irrational, right? But what I can tell you is uh, that the adding of that tallest zero gravity bubble, so the tallest mm-hmm. zero gravity bubble and the uh, taking off of the 
the GV tank pack. So I took the tank bag off mm-hmm. so I could get down on the tank. And I, I should get bring it down, get funky. Oh, I got funky. And what I can tell you is the stability is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So the, the, there's no shaking. There's no vibration. There's nothing that's untoward. There was more vibration. I'm sorry. There was more head shake on the Vitpillin at 90 miles an hour sure. than there was on this thing at 180 miles per hour. Well, I think so. it, the fairings are designed to do that. I yes. think the wind is causing, I, you know, I think you're it's absolutely like an airplane right. wing. It's yeah. Yeah. It is pushing, it's putting pressure in all the right places. Mm-hmm. And then with no tank bag on it, I was able to get down into a better position, which then I was able to keep both hands on the bars. I didn't have to prop my chin up due to the tank bag being there and causing me to be an unnatural angle right. anyway. So it really did make a big difference. And as you know, I've 181 is my personal fastest I've ever been on a yeah, motorcycle. It's, and it's fast. Yeah, it's pretty fucking fast. You know, I think if you really wanted to get lower, I think a lot of the racers, what they do is they do stretches. Yeah. So the day that you can blow yourself is the day that you can get <laughs> 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 So it's a win-win, right? Again, that's the other that's another thing that happens at the point of impact. Yeah, at the point of impact, you just you just well look, I blew myself. Right. Uh, and you're really loose and happy. Yeah, and you're I like, don't know. fuck it, I'll go 180. I feel like that's a yes, 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 no moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it really uh it's funny because that windshield, that zero gravity shield, if you want to look up the screen behind you, uh the what has happened with the zero G windshield on there is you can see how much steeper the zero G windshield is on the front of the bike than what would have been the original shield, which doesn't really stick up at all. But I don't feel like the Z, you know, I don't Now This is not a double bubble. This is just one Mm -hmm. curved piece of uh, Lexan. Uh, But what I can tell you is nothing weird, like no one's no instability, no nothing, but that higher piece of plexiglass on the bike really does make the bike a lot nicer to ride at, you know, regular speeds, 85, 95 miles per hour. So that's a really nice, nice change. If you're going to have something stupid like this, um, that, that little, you know, 65 or hundred dollar windshield or whatever that is not a bad idea. Yeah. I want to get yeah. one for my Z 900 really yeah. bad. I think I just need an extra couple inches and it'll yeah. smooth out the highway riding. Absolutely. Oh, well, my grandfather, right? I mean, he got a little fly shield. I think they were called slightly little rounded thing. I mean, I laughed at him because I mean, it couldn't have been more than maybe a foot and a quarter, foot and a half and yeah. made all the difference. In the world. It just takes the wind off your, pre- uh, off your chest. Yeah. Right. And great. Yep. Oh, I mean, that's what I guy mean, that's doesn't need an extra couple inches, you know? Exactly. No. Everybody <laughs> wants an extra couple of inches. So, <laughs> just, just, to, just to give you a little insight about how ridiculously bad this thing is. So during that conversation, I just had an idea that I think we have to do. Okay. So do you remember like last year we had the, the evil Knievel stunt cycle? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So I've yep. been thinking about this, right? And so we all have, at least most of us have those pit bull stands, right? And Phil, you get a lot of bikes that kind of run, but you might not be able to sell them that aren't very good. <laughs> oh, no. So all we need is a dummy and go out to the compound, right. and we have a full-scale... A full-scale Evil Knievel Evil bike? Evil bike that so we, we just rev get up the in motorcycle gear, in gear. On the, on the, it, on the pit put bull Put a mannequin stand. on it. Yep. On a pit bull stand. Throttle the, put the throttle at like 75, 80 RPM, 80 mile per hour. Yeah. And then just kick it off the stand. Yeah. And yeah. we'll videotape wow. the whole and thing. And it'll just run into the woods. Many times. <laughs> we'll have six cameras set up. Yes. The bike will magically hit four cameramen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And burst but, into flames. One in a million shot, Doc. I yeah. think I think that's going to be a, a, a... We have to do that. Hey, it's going to look like Super Dave, right? You got to do the I white costume. I was just going to say, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Complete Super Dave. Oh, Super Dave. I'm sorry. That's yeah. the best thing I ever. I think we all do. <laughs> 
I feel uh, like at some point you're going to need like a rope on it to kill it. Yeah. So, so it doesn't just like. You well, know. that's why it can only it's rundown area can only be a heavily wooded area. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that one of the well, 10,000 trees goes straight back and it's going to go off the cliff into the creek. Right. Right. That's a lot of work getting it back. Yeah. We could also, yeah. if you do it at the right time, just send it down the road. There's no cars. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> And you know what? I've seen that video, the, the stunting video where the guy's stunting on a 959. Yeah. And he just totally ends up off the bike. Oh, and, and it, it keeps going. And the bike just goes. Oh, yeah. So you're saying runs light, light it on fire Halloween yeah. night and send it into Oberlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already know they, got a, you know they got enough fire With a headless horseman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, we do know that they love to respond to a fire. Yeah. <laughs> They fucking take they, they great even, thrills out of that. They won't even find us doing it, and Steve will still get a letter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what, what was the, uh, the pond at the plant that one guy wanted to try to ride across? The we, lagoon. We can super, super Dave that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That, like, the whole idea of that, that one video that where the guy's sport bike just continues fucking off. And it just continues so beautifully. Yeah, because the throttle's locked. Because the throttle's on. Yeah. So the throttle's on, and the bike is just going. And, like, it's on an airstrip. And it's got a not steering stabilizer. No. So and it's it, not- it bounces off the wall at the airstrip. It bounces yeah. off the safety wall a couple of four times. Yep. And just goes right back into track. And then leaves the airstrip. <laughs> and by then, people are in trucks and cars and shit and <laughs> motorcycles chasing. chasing it down. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't stop it. It has had the one problem in its life it ever had, which is the human being asshole on the back of it. It's been removed. It's now free. It's going to live its life forever. We'll catch it the next time it circles the earth. You know, they're going to be like people going like moto moto piercer. Yes, we will. We're going to pull up next to it and do a hot refuel. We're never stopping this bike. Yep. Did you ever hear the theory that that's actually the the aftermath of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, the Snowpiercer? Yeah. Really? really? It's a fucking huh. it's I'd a like to see the tie-in on that it's one. It's a deep yeah. dive yeah. on it, man. Yeah. That's... And it's the Oompa Loompas turned into fucking other things and all. It's fucking oh my nuts, God. man. Well, that's, see, they, yeah. Throttle lock is, so I really would love cruise control. Yeah. Right? right? Again, yeah. 480 mm-hmm. is what I live on, yep. right? Tune from work, so on and so forth. I would love, but that is what scares the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. Something happened to me, it's and it just keeps going. fucking going, and who else is it going to kill besides, you know, me? Look, <laughs> I, my wife and I have had several unscheduled departures from our equipment while racing motorcycles, <laughs> and invariably, I don't know how this is, the odds are disproportionate that the motorcycle falls over, hits the throttle side oh, grip. Yeah. Especially on Locks the best of vintage. Anything. Yeah. I've had it happen on SV, yeah. and it hits... That hits the ground, and when that hits the ground, the throttle is now in that position for the it's rest locked. of time, yeah. right? Because <laughs> right. until you break they it and take it, it apart, yeah. it's now jammed up. And I've had the thing where my motorcycle was laying on its side doing the curly shuffle, and it's just, and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not going to get in there. This is ridiculous, you know? Just fucking hit it with something else. And It'll run out of gas. Yeah, and when Merritt's got jammed up, when her throttle got stuck... The bike had the courtesy to die, right? But so then Merritt, in the rage of battle, like she just was like, fuck corner worker. I'm getting on and I'll bump start it. You know, no, no kickstarters. So Merritt's a hero. She's going to bump start the fucking thing. Throttle's pin wide open. (laughs) It would have been the shortest ride of her life. Throttle wide open, second gear onto the racetrack. I was, uh, I was in Florida um, filming Stunt Wars in like 2003, somewhere around there. So I like, really wish that that show was more of what you think it would be. 
No, no, no. This was it was that wasn't that. This was an actual just like I'm thinking full night riders jousting shit. No, this was this was stunt riders <laughs> like you know it was like it was like it was like you know in the oh, Fast and the Furious. I know what it is. Yeah. So yeah, anyways, we're filming all this is. shit yeah. and right. and uh, this dude came out and he was his name was Teach or something like that. I think he was a teacher, but He's he also teach, did yeah. stunt riding. And uh, they, it was when the full 905 cages started to cover the whole bike, so they were able to do stuff like lay the bike down and like spin the back tire oh, yeah. and get it up and stuff. Yeah. So the one thing was to surf on the bike. Let it like lay over, get on the cage, hit yep. the throttle, and, and then it'll spin. And they, they do it. Gotta, yeah. But it was also the time when Janko jeans were super fucking popular, right? <laughs> so this dude started to go fast, and he leaned back, and 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 the throttle stuck yeah. wide open, and the bike started to fucking go fast. And it grabbed his pants, didn't and it? And it grabbed the bar, the the stunt cage yeah. grabbed the fucking bottom of his yeah. pants. He went flying. And yeah. then didn't stop. So no. now he was a pendulum oh, no. just getting swung around oh, by the fucking bike. All because the- Timmy had to have raver pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Help me. Somebody, please. Get me off of the bike. Yeah. Because racing leathers have never been bell bottoms ever. Oh, no. <laughs> right. There's a reason for that. Well, and that's the thing. Do you remember Todd Colbert? Yes, absolutely. So he was like one of the first guys sponsored, but he He was like a professional, whatever. He kind of followed the Europeans. Like he would wear gear and stuff. Oh, yeah. And everybody made fun of him for wearing gear. Hey, speaking of gear, I really like that shirt. It's pretty cool. You like this? Yeah, I got... You're fab, man. There's a a company. I don't know if you guys... This is going to be a deep dive for our fucking... uh, Our our people that are... uh, you know, typeface nerds and all of our people that like do decoplage and all kinds of arts and crafts. There's a company called Beistel. So Beistel or Beistel. And they were the company that started in like 1919 in Germany and then moved over to America. And if you remember when you were a kid that mom would bust out the Halloween decorations and they were like pieces of cardboard, looked like they came out of a cereal box mm-hmm. and they were hanging on the wall and it'd be like a cat. Oh, yeah. And the it'd be like cat. a black cat and yeah. a witch and stuff like that. All that shit was Beistel. Oh, so that yeah. art style, that yeah. style, what, what you see on here, that's a, a particular style. And so because I grew up with that, yeah. it, it has strong, you know. It, it so for people listening, strong. how would you describe that? My shirt is literally uh, a bunch of Halloween, uh, what do you call those? Icons? They're, they're a little yeah. icon uh, and they're like, you know. I will tell your fortune. And it's basically like what shitty Halloween cards were when we were a kid. Yep. Uh, and it's a very slimming look. All in a shirt, right? Oh, yeah. This is basically, this is like pumpkin camouflage. Right. Yeah. It is pumpkin camouflage. But I bought, I think, three or four of these shirts. They're made of diesel. So you feel that. You can't smoke in the same room with this no. shit. Like, it is made of diesel. Yeah. And, like, when they showed up, I was like, you know, I got a ton of, Aloha shirts. I've got a ton of tiki shirts and stuff like that. And for the price of these things, it was like three shirts for 39 bucks or something. I was like, this is going to be hot garbage. But, (laughs) but what I thought was fun is they lined the pocket up. So like on really nice, nice Aloha shirts, the art on the pocket should line up with the print of the pattern of the shirt. Right. Holy shit. And for a shirt that is for all intents and purposes, as disposable as Tyvek. Yeah. They did a good job of lining up the pocket so that it's literally on target. Well, did you get, did it come from overseas? Oh yeah. So that's what. So yeah. I got my like when um, I had when B was smaller. I had to have the like some cop was like, "Yes, you're allowed to, but we'd like to see you have a, a seatbelt or whatever they fucking call it, like where you wear the strap and it goes around yeah. the kid." Yeah. So I ordered one. Of course, it came from overseas. Right. And they put that shit in formaldehyde so it doesn't get the fucking moss. Right. On so it. the animals don't eat it. Yeah. yeah. But it takes like two months to be able to touch the thing. I'm sure yeah. your shirts would like just. Uh, when I took this thing, out, guessing. Out, yeah. yeah. When I took this thing out of the package wrinkly was not the word for it. It looked like my nutsack on a very cold morning. Right. 
I took it out of the package and I was like, this wouldn't fit a child, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, okay, well, the question is you're like, okay, well, I know I got to put it in the dryer, right. which means I know I got to get it wet. Mm. And I'm pretty sure somewhere on this, it says, do not get wet. <laughs> do not put in dryer. Do not feed after midnight. Right. It has to be all on this shirt because this shirt is not safe to even wear. <laughs> but anyway, hang it in the shower. You got to hang it in yeah, the shower. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of what I did. And but it is funny because I decided this year because we can't go to Theater Bazaar. No. So I've decided to turn up the Halloween around here at the shop. So everybody that has the internet mm-hmm. is now aware that Moto E, the least watched form of GP racing. Right. Uh, when we were at the Isle of Man, uh, there was a remarkable amount of excitement at the Isle of Man for the electric motorcycles. Mm. In fact, I'm running around the Isle of Man wearing a, a zero electric jacket and people were like, fuck yeah, man. Well, because in, because at the Isle of Man, their electric class is called zero. Zero. Right. It's the zero class, right? Moto zero. And so zero didn't pay for that. No, it's zero emissions probably right. or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so zero didn't pay for that, but it is just held and it's just called the zero class. And the bikes that win are the, you know, the Mugen Hondas, the, you know, and those are the zero bikes. CCs and they're zero CCs and everything else. Right. And so there's a, there's an interesting amount of people that are like <laughs> zero interest. <laughs> and that's that. And you know, the first 10 times they ran it, it was like, so, uh, you guys want to see the motos, the, the zero bike, yeah. the electric bike ride. And they're like, if I'm looking that way when it happens, I suppose. Yeah, I guess we'll watch it because the beer lines are too long. Right. So, yeah. And so <laughs> there is this point at the Isle of Man where they're like, okay, schedule, dot, 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 dot. But because the Z, the electric bikes do one lap, mm. not five laps or whatever, yeah, just they do one lap. And honestly, not all of them make it. It's 37 miles at 200 miles an hour. So yeah. you're not all going to make it. No eco mode going on. No, no, no. No, and you can just smell the ozone when they go by. Like you might as well. That's what a nuclear carrier smells like if it was in your bedroom. Like a nuclear submarine at full chat in your bedroom is what these things smell like when they go by. You can just taste the electrons in the air. You only have like three companies. They have the Mugen. Yep. They have the zero. Yep. And some university. Some university. Really, no Angericas or any of that shit. Oh no, that was it. That was yeah. So it was like the Mugen, the Honda ones. They went by and. And, uh, and we were in a very good spot. So the spot we were to watch, we were as close as you could get to mm-hmm. the road surface. And when those went by, it was like, yeah! and you're like, fuck, that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second one would go by yeah! and you're like, that was really fucking cool. And then it would be like a couple more. And then like the zero would come by and the zero would be like, Oh, here it comes, you know? And it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. And it would you know, because it's going half the speed right. of the other ones, right? Yeah. And yeah. so the zero would go by and be like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. And then the university bike could come by and it'd be like, baseball card in the spokes. <laughs> and then Whatever. the kid that John just saw outside fucking on the stand-up yeah. scooter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A, yeah, definitely a new class of stand-up scooter running You got around. a chance, right? Yeah. yeah, these guys are running with traffic. At least he had a helmet on, like a, you know, dirt bike helmet on and stuff, but. So Moto E brought up on the screen for you. So Moto E is part of the Moto GP circuit. It's part of the uh, Moto GP calendar, right? And for the past several years, Moto E has been, you can run any bike you want to run as long as it's an Energica Ego. <laughs> you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. So that all the bikes that are in Moto E have one thing in common 
And they're all Energica egos. Sure. Now they're all a million sponsors and they, they, they're, they're the real deal. Right. I'm, and I've ridden an Energica ego. That is some serious shit. Uh, not screwing around. I mean, like this is a very serious motorcycle. It goes really fucking fast and I'm not trying to take anything away from it. It's fucking freaky fast. Okay. Now keep in mind that a few years ago, 2019, there was a fire and there was a fire that took place, um, in a garage where every single, every single moto e-bike for the entire racing circuit, 11 teams, 18 drivers. Okay. 18 bikes. All of these bikes are at the Yerez or Jerez circuit in Spain, and they're all in the garage, and a motherfucking fire broke out. Oh, no. Now, lithium is not great in a fire. It's just not. And whether, you know, whether or that it was, whether it was caught on fire by a diesel generator that was running too hard trying to power all these things because they don't have an oh. on-site uh, power station, so they had to bring that in, right? Whatever it was. But whatever it was, these things all went up. The fire fire is probably still going. It might still be going. Yeah, 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 it might still be going. But so they all went up and and it was it. It was just the whole thing. It was a massive, massive loss. I mean, it was a big deal. Now today, and why I'm bringing this up, is that today announced apparently to the planet through the planet notification system, Ducati, and I'm like, hold on. Can somebody count the number of electric motorcycles Ducati has had? Hey, let me think about that. Um, what comes after mm. zero? Zero times zero. Zero, yeah. zero squared. Zero. Right, right. Yeah, zero yeah. squared. So, so zero. So electric has never, or Ducati has never had an electric motorcycle. But the statement that they made this morning was like, hold my beer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say some shit. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to, to, you know, say dick. So it is officially that, that Energica is no longer the official, and I, I use the term, the official single manufacturer of the Moto E series. That's crazy, though. That now the single manufacturer of the motor, Moto E series is Ducati. So it's not saying Ducati's bringing on a bike and they're going to put it on the track at the same time as the Energicas. Because mm. that would be what I like to call competition, and that yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Right? This is all Ducatis. Right, you know it's gonna be fucked up though. It's gonna be electric motorcycle racing, but they're still gonna have valve problems. <laughs> <laughs> the Desmo electric. And Rossi, and Rossi, Rossi's gonna come out of retirement. He won't be able to win on one of those either. Nope. He's like, he does not have good luck on Ducatis. No. no. Right. So this thing is this thing is just this news announcement is ridiculous. So if you do read between the lines, mm-hmm. right? So Energica recently had a cash infusion, Energica Electric Mm -hmm. Motorcycles. They recently had a cash infusion to the tune of 30% of their company was bought by World Wrestling Foundation Phenomenon or World Wrestling WWE Phenomenon. I don't know what it is. Sean McMahon. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's real. That's that's a real thing. So so this company that is called, are you guys, I'm going to say the name of the company. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to think I'm making it up. Can we laugh? If you feel the need to. Okay. Are you ready for the name of the company? Yes. Mm. Ideanomics. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Oh my this God. sounds like Wait, a name of a company that was created for a Simpsons episode. Or Idiocracy. Or Idiocracy. I think it was in Idiocracy. Ideanomics. <laughs> sounds like a name that was made up by a WWE wrestler. <laughs> We're turning your ideas into money. Right. The money of ideas. Ideanomics. So they've got a, a major stake in Energica now. All right. Wow. That's just announced as of like March 11th. Right. So would it be out of the question to think that maybe in the weird, strange, convoluted world of Italian motorcycle companies that Ducati, who has money mm-hmm. and has a racing program and trailers to haul the bikes around. And several CEOs in jail, right? From the, you the know, Coke it's joke is always like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Ducati North America is not looking so good. Yeah. Well, where's their staff? Oh, uh, what's the name of the prison? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forward all their mail to San Quentin. But... <laughs> But I did want to say, so since there was this horrible fire, this disastrous fire that wipes out all the Energicas that were at the um, Moto E Challenge in 2019, pre-COVID, and then we have, you know, dealers like myself, believe it or not, you're not going to believe this, I am an Energica dealer. I know, look at all of them. I know. (laughs) Don't let the lack of a service department, lack of training or lack of property fool you. Right. I'm it. Right. I'm the guy. Um, I know because they keep forwarding me buyers and customers from all over the Midwest. Oh, nice. Oh, well, Phil's our guy in Cleveland. He'll be happy to deliver you one. When they exist, you know, like when they're here, dude, I've ridden them. They're not vaporware. They're legitimately amazing bikes. But how, like, okay, so you don't have to dig too deep into the plot or you just go to electrek.com or electrek.co that this news today of Ducati is going to create, manage, and operate an entire racing league. Yeah. When the last thing that Ducati said was, and I will quote this, the Ducati CEO said, will we produce an electric Ducati soon? No. (laughs) We think that for the kind of machine we produce now, an electric motorcycle cannot guarantee the pleasure, the range, the weight, etc. that Ducati riders expect. Now that statement, that bold and declarative statement, right, was probably made when, you know, 10 years ago, 15 Mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. No, May 17th. Oh, right. (laughs) So that whole, the, the CEO of Ducati in as little as three months ago, yeah. his company line as the CEO was, yeah. no, yeah. no. But his company line as of nine hours ago <laughs> <laughs> is a bit of a 180, right? It's a yeah. bit of a spin. Uh, we couldn't be more excited, you know, this kind of a thing. So my question yeah. is tomorrow when they actually tell him that electric bike doesn't mean that it has a battery and you hit a button to start the motor. He's going to get fucking pissed off. <laughs> this thing is like they are this whole thing. Everything about this is just the biggest turnaround. I right. mean, it's, it is it is as fast as the letter Harley Davidson shareholders got telling us it's OK. Settle down. Don't sell your stock. We're spinning off Livewire. We're getting all, we're wiping all of our DNA off the corpse. Right. And we're spinning it off to its own thing. So it'll never be, you won't ever have to talk about electric vehicles ever again in any board meeting ever again. <laughs> so did they say that they're coming out with an electric bike out? Who, Ducati? Yeah. Well, no, they've skipped coming out with a bike. They're going straight to a racing league. 
<laughs> so they've decided rather than prototyping and having anything that resembles like starting with maybe a small bike or something else, they're just going to go straight for an entire fucking racing league. You know what? So I, homo- yeah. It's not going to be homologation. It's not going to be a production bike or any kind. It's just going to be a pure. It race could bike. be just a bike. For, I have a feeling it's going to be racing. Yeah. Ducati's plastic on a zero. <laughs> or oh no! Like I think it's, no, no. I have a better thing. I think it's going to be Ducati labels. Yeah. I'm in an Ergica. Oh, maybe oh. so. <laughs> look, okay. With if little fins added or look, something. man, if somebody tells you that, like, okay, congratulations, thank you. Oh, you're buying a racing league. Well, that would be like us going out and buying a bumper car ride. Right. Right? That would be similar. You're like, oh, we bought a bumper car ride, you know, because Cleveland Moto would do that. Yeah. We would buy a bumper car ride. <laughs> we Patreon level, $5,000. You get to ride in your own bumper car. Yeah. So, but we would do that. But would we build our own Cleveland Moto bumper car or would we just put Cleveland Moto stickers on an existing bumper car? We would put Cleveland Moto stickers on an existing bumper car. Because we're not made of money, but we like to have fun. And Eric is like, who ordered 20 (laughs) bikes? But isn't that the way it's supposed to work? That, you know, we we, the reason people go racing is to develop technologies that will then make their way into the market. Right. Well, they don't have an electric bike that they're selling, but... They'll build the race bike yep. and then they'll adapt that to be able to be streetable. So do you think that Ducati that has zero experience with electric motorcycles? And How hard could it be? Everybody else is doing everyone it. Everyone else is doing it. But here's the thing. I like, I like the way that Ducati has given themselves a lot of time to prototype, develop, and come out with a, a literally a GP race bike. Because, you know, that takes years to put together a GP race bike if you start with an R1. But that starts in what, February? So well, it depends It depends on how, how much they engineer it, though. They could buy a pre-existing engine, right. motor. Yeah. They could buy a battery from some. Absolutely. They, they could yep. just go picking yep. and then, okay, then stick yeah. it all together. Right. I'm sure it took Ego, I'm sure it took Energica, less than 14 months to go from clean sheet to a race bike. That was a lie. I'm sure it didn't. Yeah. But that's what time Ducati's given themselves because they're going to start this thing in 2023. Oh, 23. So 23. So they've given themselves about 14 months. So they're going to go from a bike that does not exist anywhere that we've ever seen a picture of. Mm -hmm. And that means like ICMA shows or anything else. We haven't seen, we haven't seen an electric moto compo with the Ducati sticker on it. But does it really matter even what kind of bike they come out with? If everybody's going to be riding the same bike, right? Whatever they decide to build. Exactly. Right. Red Bull Cup. Right. I I think I, Preferred. They could have stand-up scooters. <laughs> I have a, I have yeah. a really strong opinion that that's what the Energicas look like. Yeah, I have a picture that if you could imagine that exact vehicle in red, but Only all red. red. Yeah, right. I think that's probably what you're going to see. You know what else is kind of interesting? Like if you think about it, electric racing. So if all the bikes are the same, right, it would come down to team tuning and riding. Absolutely. So like you know now all the bikes are like trying to get even. Yeah. Well, yeah. right now the way and the way that Moto E is. Yeah. The way that Moto E is with all these teams and everything else, because they all run the exact same equipment. Right. Do they have tuning ability? Like, can you uh, tweak? Like, No, you start out with Energica. So you got their software. But I mean, do they have ability to like, you know, like, uh, like, like, like put Expo into the motor. So when no, you hit I don't the throttle, think, right. Like I don't can, think that, I think those bikes are all 100% uh, homologated. Hmm. I think okay. those bikes are all, I think those bikes, in order to keep the thing tight and make it exciting racing, I'm pretty sure that they're probably all 
Do they have traction control? Butthole. They probably have traction control. Do they have everything? Yeah. yeah so it's, but you can yeah. set your bike up. I mean, Absolutely. I'm sure they're, you can, you're a race tuner, you're pit crew you guys. You can adjust your yeah. traction yeah, control. Suspension you can, and all right. that. You can do that, a lot that's of That's what that I'm stuff. saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. I'm sure though that they all start as being the exact same. It's like a radio control car. You can set your expo. You can yeah. set your you know right. turning radius and all that yeah. kind of whatever. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I, I mean, put, completely put them all to eleven, and I will win. Yes, yeah. <laughs> turn everything to eleven will be fine. Comparing Ducati and them doing this for the electric scene, right? Compared to what Harley Davidson did, uh-huh. buying a third party company, rebadging it making a shit show out of it and right. then spinning it off. Yeah. I prefer what Ducati is doing right now with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Trying to right. get it out there yep. and people getting excited about it right. and not trying to fuck people over and trying to sell something that's They'll not. They'll be fucking over, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, the Italians are involved. Yeah. So it's going to be True. dynamic. Yeah. They'll do but it. at least it doesn't affect the, the, It'll the be customers. It'll fucking anything. over. They're not selling anything for the customers right now. It's for yeah. show. There's like, there's so like, I prefer that over... There's like nine Italian guys in bars right now. Like, hey, I work for Ducati. Uh, well, and because the, uh, and because Energica is, you know, and at least for the theatrics of it, yeah. Energica is backing away from it. You know, it oh, says. Yeah. I mean, the press release said the same day that the and this is what this is another thing that you're just like, okay, man, come on, we, should we at least have some shred of mystery behind this? <laughs> because the uh, like the statement that kind of blows everything away is when Energica in the same news cycle, Energica to end era as single Moto E manufacturer after 2022. Hmm. So in the same news cycle, Dorna sports announces that Energica is out and Ducati's in. Hmm. Well, to me, that seems like in what in the, you know, the Hmm. game industry, they would call a reskinning. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to take this game and we're going to reskin it. Now it's a different game, mm-hmm. you know, so it, 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 some in some negotiation went bad. Somehow yeah. Energica asked for too much or couldn't get, you know, and they simply had to say, fine, fuck didn't you. didn't have enough money. To we'll find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And they looked, and you know, yeah. Or, or I mean, shit, fucking running a race team's expensive as hell. Oh yeah. Ask Ducati. They've been losing billions of dollars a year doing this shit for a long time. So, that's that's something that I think could also be a real deal killer. Is you know, Energica might just sort of say if they own the whole league, then the money that they lose on their bike, right. they can get back from everybody. Yeah, else's well, bike. and that's yeah, and Dorna Racing. Mm. So that's the whole thing. Is like this is this is one of those things like the Bagger Cup or you know the the Battle of the Baggers, where hmm. it's there as an attraction. It's there as a also because yeah. have you, you know, seen that, yeah. like so I follow all the the race teams for yeah. the Bagger thing yeah. just to see the amusement of it. Yes. And there's not even a bagger left. Right. Like, like they're yeah. using like GSXR forks and fucking oh, different yeah. swing arms and yeah. brakes. <laughs> and then the bags themselves have all been hollowed out and narrowed and yep. they're fucking carbon fiber body parts now and shit like that. It's like, Jesus. It started life as a bagger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the idea frame, is the same. Well, were, it's just yeah. like if you watch NASCAR truck racing. Yeah. Right. And there's also no front engine rear wheel drive Toyotas in the NASCAR league. Well, NASCAR cetera, right? anything. It looks like, oh, like it was back in the days when it was a probe. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're not racing a probe. No, you're not going to race a probe. Um, our Still buddy, the greatest name of a car ever. <laughs> again, always put anal in front of any. If you right. want to market anything ever, put the word anal in front of it. And make sure it works. And make sure it works. Yeah, that's it. Because until, until it works with anal, you don't have my support whatsoever. Anal fiesta. The, again, 
<laughs> look, all I do when I'm driving cross country is look at RVs and go, huh? <laughs> anal wanderer. Yes, you are. Anal raptor. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. The anal raptor. Yeah, the anal tiger shark. Ooh. I have the anal conquest. <laughs> the anal conquest. <laughs> yep. So uh, my buddy, I've got, I've got a friend named Colin Shattuck. He runs uh, Sportique Scooters in Denver. Big love for Colin. He's fucking awesome. I, he runs a podcast called The South Stands. It's all about Denver football and stuff like that. So mm. give him some love. But uh, his buddy, Scott Dammit, uh, that's his name, Scott Dammit. Oh. Uh, they came up. <laughs> he said, we're going to move down south. We're going to open up a new NASCAR training center. We're going to call it Critical Race Theory. <laughs> Our slogan We'll turn you left fast. That's because Chris Smith couldn't be here today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The critical race theory training center. I was like, that's so fucking good, Colin. So thank you, Colin. That joke totally fucking got featured on Cleveland Moto. Because yeah, that shit is golden. Yes, yeah, that's is. a golden joke right there. And it's not offensive to anybody. Uh, <laughs> right. It's not, especially to me. And that's all that matters. So today at the podcast, everybody got a chance to look and I don't, John didn't get a chance to really look at it, but you will let you go look at it right now. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Look at it. So I, at there's that. a red thing mm. you probably tripped over on your way in. Mm. It was in the back of your pickup truck. It was. Was that the jack-o'-lantern bike? Nope. Oh, no, that's nope. over. No, no, that's the other one. You can go look at it. It's not the, the you're gonna get the same information all of them got is that it's from 1964. Mm. And I bought it today. Mm. Okay. And I got pictures, I you know. Gone for a while you're gonna go go look at it. It's fine. Don't be gone too long, because you know. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go out and have a cigarette because I'm since I'm getting up anyway. Well, yeah. this gives the ladies right. a chance to move away from the screen and it really does. Yeah, it really does. That's that's absolutely true, by the way. That, that that does, you know, oh my God, this will give us a chance to just fucking right, yeah. let my husband do something else, anything else but this. So <laughs> he the, really uh, did beeline for the door. Of course he did. <laughs> of course we he did. We know him well. Yeah. He can't smoke her in front of his family. I think he left his hoagie out there too. So. I, oh, he did. He, <laughs> he brought a hoagie to the podcast. I didn't, you know, I didn't tell anybody we weren't having pizza, but no, there is right. no pizza. So no. yeah, that's, that's just a fact thing. But the, uh, but it is, it's, it's really funny, but what a Facebook watch. What the hell is this shit? The hell is this crap? The, uh, what's that all about? That's, I'm sorry. Will you not let me, uh, a big F? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that all about? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I tried to cast it and it just put a fucking F on the screen. <laughs> you failed. Dude. It, is, it is a fail. That is a Facebook fail right there. Because Zuckerberg's like, nope, can't put it up on the screen. Nope, nope, nope. Didn't approve I like, it. I like somebody that, you know how Facebook's thinking about changing their overall name? Yeah, changing the name of their overall right, company. Right. right? Uh, yeah. but I think they should just change CEOs and that'd be a Well, I mean, I honestly, I don't care. I use the shit constantly. I mean, yeah. I use the fuck out of Facebook because it does serve an incredibly like in my family, this is the only way I communicate with members right, right, of my right, family. Right. I don't do like, I don't have time or I, I've manufactured a life where I don't feel like I have time <laughs> to go visit nieces and nephews and grandparents and everything else that, you know, and, and they're, the numbers are dwindling. So, you know that, uh, but anyway, I'm very, I'm very much, I'm honest with myself about it. Mm -hmm. So what little thing we get, like, you know, hey, it's Uncle John's birthday. Let's post a really stupid picture of him from 1969, mm -hmm. you know, and make everyone laugh at him for a little bit. And that's fine. It's, yeah. It shows I love him. I think that was the original intent of it before everybody just used it to force opinions and political right. stuff. Down. Right. Yeah. And in fact, with my whole thing is like, I am a person that has a certain number of beliefs. 
If you've met me, you know that I do. Yet I've never been kicked off of Facebook. I've never been put in Facebook jail. (laughs) I've never been on Facebook parole. I've never gotten a Facebook written warning. You know why? I keep it light. You know? Yeah, but you know what? I've been in jail twice and neither of them were anything. Like it was literally like... It was something. No, no. (laughs) No, it was the AI. It was the AI mistaking like, like... We, I was in a, a friendly conversation with somebody about right, something fun. Right, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I hate that shit or whatever. Like, right. I hate when that happens or right. something. But somehow that turned into hate Like, speech. the phrase, I'd oh. like to murder all those cocksmokers. <laughs> <laughs> but it was said with love. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. There, you said know it in a positive way. Right. And right. a heart emoji on it. Yeah, I mean, right. it should be I'd fine, like to right? hug that fucker to death. And somehow right. Exactly. Got <laughs> right. Yeah. You didn't see the smirky emoji after that. So whatever. Wink, wink. Right. Yeah. You know how I stay out of Facebook jail? Just, fucking keep it light, man. Know, keep I it have light. Too. Don't I start no too. trouble, won't be no trouble. Right. You know what? I like it. I'll admit it. Yeah. You want you want to find me? I'm on Facebook. Sure. Cool. That, that's that's it. I'll or admit it. I'm old. If you're really smooth, <laughs> you gotta find Phil's TikTok account. That's the one oh, where it gets oh, freaky. My buddy <laughs> OnlyFans. My buddy going. Pablo. <laughs> oh, when they did that, when the art museum went to OnlyFans because like their their art got their art got Oh uh, really? Yeah, so one of the art oh, museums fuck. got got censored on Facebook. Oh, That's because bullshit. they had like a, a fetish, uh, you know, a fertility doll. Mm-hmm. It's 35,000 yeah. years old. Yeah, right. 35,000 years old. If Somebody I can can't a- look at 35,000 year old pussy, I don't want to live in this <laughs> world, right? But apparently, like they put a picture up of this display and Facebook said, ah, yeah, you're off. So, so the museum started an OnlyFans account. That's amazing. It's the only OnlyFans account I've ever joined. Yeah. All right. So you've seen it. It's up on the screen in front of us. Um so the bike in question, the bike in question is a 1964 Lambretta made by a company called Innocenti. Innocenti oh. is an Italian company from many, many years ago. We joke all the time that Piaggio is an airplane company. Innocenti is a plumbing company. And you can tell when you look at the bikes. But the uh, Innocenti, and this is called a special. So uh, 1964, one of the models, if you went to your dealership, the cheapest model you could have got, this is called a Series 3. The Series 3 was called a uh, slim style. And the slim style is because it was, you can see, it's very Buck Rogers styling. The Series 1 and Series 2 that came before it were a little chonkier, right? And so they were a little more bulbous. And this Series 3, would you like me to do that for you correctly? Okay, there you go. You got it. Okay. So I'm going to tell people in this room right now that I bought this today. This thing appeared on Facebook Marketplace about... Nine hours ago. Really? And it was on Facebook Marketplace for about 14 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, On it. I will give you money now in any electronic form you want. And I just need to make sure you don't sell it to anybody else, kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have a number of Lambrettas. And Lambrettas are funny bikes because people are like, Oh, a Lambretta and a Vespa, they're the same thing. Oh, they are fucking not the same thing. Not at all. Oscar, how would you describe the difference between a 1964 Vespa? I have a Vespa Super Sport over there. I should have brought it in front of the camera. But anyway, so we got a Vespa Super Sport over there, 64, 65, 66. And then a 1964 Lambretta, right, uh, up on the screen. They're both two strokes. Yeah. They're both four-speed manual transmissions. They're both yep. kick start. They both yep. have 10-inch wheels. Yep. Okay. I've set the... I've set the the basics. Uh-huh. How would you describe the difference between those two bikes? Fucking night and day. 
I mean, one is the, uh, the the straight shaft from the Vespa, and then you have a chain on the other one. Right. The so motor no. is totally different. Yeah. And what Oscar's saying is that the Vespa motor is truly direct drive. You're right. So you go from the crank through the clutch into the gear stack, and that power coming out of the, the gear the, shaft, the lay shaft is actually your drive shaft. So it's not a drive shaft in the way that the drive shaft is coming from the front of the bike to the back of the bike. It's literally... If a shaft is coming out of your transmission, instead of putting a sprocket on it with a chain to the back wheel, nope, you're literally going to the wheel. That is the, th- yeah. And the wheel is also the brake drum. So it's, it's right. designed to be this incredibly efficient use of parts. So the Lambretta, on the other hand, has a motor in the front. It has a couple of chains, duplex chains, that run from the front of the motor to the back of the motor in a case. Primary. Primary, and that goes into a transmission. And the transmission is at the back of the motorcycle, like a Corvette. Right. And you, when you shift, you're shifting a gear changer at the back of the motor. Mm-hmm. So that's the way the Lambretta works. And so the motor in a Lambretta is in line with the frame. A motor on a Vespa is hanging off to the right-hand side. And we're talking about old Vespas only, not new ones. That, that's always the big debate between... The Vespa guys and the Lombretta guys are like, yeah. oh man, you fucking motor is going sideways. And I was like, no, the, the other one's like streamlined. It's in this, and it's true. Oh, it's a battle. And if you see the bikes from behind, right. you can see that one streamlined and thinner. Right. Like and the, the Lombretta. Vespa people like to say, uh, the guy's name was uh, Enrico Piaggio, I think, or I'm not sure which of the guys it was, but he said, the Vespa. It has the curves, the curves. like the woman, right? Yeah. And you see a it, thick like, one, but it's it yeah, you're like, yeah, <laughs> it the curves like a wasp. It does, yeah. and so the it Vespa does. has a wasp-like back end, hence the term wasp. The Lambretta is slim; it's a yeah. slim style. That's what they called it. That that's a good looking bike. It is a good looking bike, but uh, the Vespa totally has different. a single sided front swing arm and a single sided right. rear swing arm, where the Lambretta has dual forks yeah. in a traditional kind of a traditional format in the front. So you, to change a front tire on a Lambretta. Um, the, most Lambrettas don't even carry a spare tire because the idea of changing one on the side of the road is rather prohibitive. <laughs> where a Vespa, changing the tire on a Vespa is literally four or five lug nuts, just like your car. Yep. And so the Vespa wheel... Because um, it was based off the landing gear. Exactly. It's it's an aircraft landing gear. Right, right. So that's, you know, leftover parts from an aviation Oh, shit, I never background. thought... I, now I can see that totally. Totally oh, yeah. an airplane yeah. landing gear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's where that came from. Yeah, Piaggio yeah. built airplanes long before they built scooters. But now for racing, a Lambretta has to be better because you can turn both ways. Yes, so forward. there is a Lambretta will be a, a Vespa without its spare tire and without a battery on the yeah. left side. Yeah, does want to lean oh, to the right? Hard, yeah, yeah hard. Oh, yeah. Until the motor's going, the motor acts like a gyroscope. So right. when the motor's running, the bike can self balance. In fact, right. there's a promotional video video movie from ages ago where they had a Lambretta running on a flywheel, running on a, a, a rolling road, a dynamometer, basically. Mm-hmm. So they had a roller, and the Vespa was on the roller, and they had the, the RPMs on the Vespa, and the Vespa just held itself upright because the motor running creates gyroscopic motion. And so the motor does self-balance. That's the idea behind a Vespa, is the gyroscopic motion of the flywheel being, in fact, self-balances. Mm-hmm. The right-hand turning on a Vespa can be challenging, though, because the selector box is down and low, whereas the selector box in the Lambretta is more in line with the transmission on the top of it. Yeah, anybody that's owned a Vespa and left a bar late at night to yep. hang a right-hand turn, you might not make it home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to cut this baby. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go. The, John, the John Del Vecchio can't save you from that one. No. Yeah. The other defining feature between both of them is that the front fender on the Vespa does move with it the does tire. Turn. Yes. And on the right. Lambretta, it does. Right. It's static. At least the older ones. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one. Yeah. Also, a Lambretta has a tube frame. It does. Yep. You know, running underneath your floorboards. Right. Where exactly. It, you can take the whole thing apart. Your floorboards rest yep. out on a Vespa. Right. Oh, You're done. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's whole it. thing. Yep. And so the, the tubular chassis, this giant piece of three-inch plumbing pipe that goes from the back <laughs> of a Lambretta to the front of the <laughs> Lambretta has everything bolted to it. <laughs> so you can strip everything off of a Lambretta frame and literally okay. just be riding a tube down the street. Pretty much. That's what my chopper is. And there's no body work on my chopper. That chopper so, really needs to see more light. Of I think we can, we'll put some time into it. We got a few winter projects. That should be one of them. So close. We stopped doing it because those kids choppers came out. Those Chinese weed whacker motor powered choppers came out. Mm. And it was like, every time I would ride that chopper, people would be like, oh, it's one of those Chinese things. Cause yeah. it just looks like that. It doesn't look like a Lambretta to people Dude, who don't know. That was my foray into uh, having a motorcycle company. When I had rider for life, the clothing yeah. company, we got offered. We, we were picking those things up for 180 yeah. bucks a yeah, pop, going exactly. to mid-Ohio. Yeah. Selling for 500, 600 bucks. Oh, dude, yeah. 800 bucks. Yeah. These dudes would right. come, <laughs> and it was, the, it was, it was, they were the ugliest motherfuckers with the two rear wheels. Oh, they're the terrible. Back. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. With a, literally a chainsaw motor. Yep. That was not. Well, I remember you guys had that whole setup back there. Oh, yeah. And they were breaking before people would get them back to their booth. Yeah. And <laughs> so many people were pissed off. And I was like, just go up there. They'll give you another one. Yeah, yeah we did, sort yeah. of. Yeah, so it was pretty. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but then the greatest thing, my biggest accomplishment, which I'm sure you've had happen a thousand times. Yeah. So some other guy comes up. Yeah. And he's like, he likes his. Yeah. So now he's like, hey, if I buy ten of those, oh, can you yeah, give me a baby. deal? And I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> I see a mid-level marketing program in your future. Um, it's called an inverted V. It's a. It's. Not a pyramid. No. <laughs> more of no. a funnel into my pocket. Right, exactly. It's more of an inverted pyramid funnel scheme. Right. Exactly. So I bought this today. And uh, so now you've all had a chance to see it. It's got 18,000 miles on it. Does that kick over? What's that? Does that kick over? I didn't even try. Oh, okay. Yeah, the carburetor's in a bag. You know, oh, okay. Right. Okay. So, and, and the last thing I want to do is kick over a bike that's been sitting for 10 years. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the story. It's been sitting as, the so plate. the seller said that it has been sitting since 1978, which jibes because the license plate on the back of it is a 78. Yeah, that's plate. true. Yeah. So the plate on the back is a 78. That makes perfect sense. So again, I'm buying a non-roading, non-running bike that has a clean Ohio title. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's, that's a rarity. Yeah. What'd you pay for it? But it is 150 cc's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you That's all know me. Man. Our podcast listeners also probably know me at this point. They've probably spent a thousand hours listening to my voice. Mm-hmm. Now, what did I pay? Oh my God. It's going to piss me off. For that bike. You didn't say 150 cc's for no reason. Go ahead, guys. Oh, no. Lay on, lay it on me. Everybody's going to get one guess. Well, it's not a buck a cc. I know that. There's no way. I, I'm going to say gonna piss me off if it's true but 250 okay oscar 250 no you Steve. said 150 well you brought up the cc's for a reason i think for that vintage and that desirable of a bike you'd be willing to pay 10 bucks a cc okay so i'm gonna say 1500 okay dan 500 500 go ahead i'm gonna abstain from this one ah you might know uh, yes. yeah you know yes. go ahead john 501 okay <laughs> Fifteen hundred dollars. So yeah, I paid. Right. I paid ten dollars a cc. Well, right? you know why? Because I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't know the price. But when I got here, um, 
James was like, yeah. Phil's been wanting one of these. And yeah. then he explained yeah. Yeah. that it's like the ultimate because it has the motor of this bike, yeah. but then all the other stuff. From yeah. The other one. Okay. It's, it's okay. a, it's a weird combination between like, it's an SX 200, it's yeah. a TV 200, oh, okay. but it's, an LI, so it has SX components, it has TV components. That's what he was saying. And it's kind of a weird mishmash. And so I have... That, that doesn't have a disc brake in no, front of it. No. no, I have a Series 1, a you know, and I have a Series 2. This is a Series a three, 3, right? Yeah. And I hate the bikes that come before that, what are called the LDs. And those are actual shaft drives, but right. they're just very slow. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of them over the years. I don't care for them. I don't like the way they look. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, I paid way too much money for this bike. But that being said, I paid way too much money for this bike. The seller was inundated with calls, all willing to kick my dick in the dirt Mm -hmm. and throw me in the weeds, even though I was in the middle of selling a Vespa to a a wonderful group of guys that came out from Michigan (laughs) who have accidentally become podcast listeners because they were like, Cleveland Moto, they got to be, you know, these guys got to be shady. And then they were like, oh shit, podcast and started listening to it. And and the guy's got monkey bikes. He's super cool. Oh, nice. (laughs) Guy's super cool. Like this is one of those situations where it's like, like, oh, they are shady. We end up up selling somebody a bike, but then end up making a friend out of them by accident. Maybe not shady, more like sketchy. Sketchy. And so they got here today. I'm not worried about not getting a good bike, but I think I might leave with my ass virginity. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not intact. Yeah. And. So this was one of those situations where somebody is like, well, we went to this shop that's close to our house and they don't have Vespas. You know, it would be a nine week wait or whatever it is. And it's terrible. I know that. But we figured we'd call around and people know you. And I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. And so then they came in to buy the bike. But then they came out to buy the bike and they just fucking stayed into the game for like, a really long time. And like huh. you waited, like you said, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. How long did you wait for your AK? <laughs> a couple months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. He just I have, said nine weeks ain't bad. No, I got two right? Like if you want, if you want a Verde Relax Vespa Primavera 150, eight weeks, 12 weeks, super short. Like that's your luckiest guy in the world. If you only wait 12 weeks for that bike really? for a Verde Relax, a green, you know, vintage green. If you want a Verde Relax Seafoam Green Vespa 150, you are going to be waiting at least three months. Okay. I ordered a shit ton of them, like an, an impossibly reckless number of them. And those orders are starting to come in now. But if you, if you put your deposit down in May, I got a guy that we just delivered his bike to today and his deposit came in in like May, June. Right. But now they're going to catch up. So now they're all going to come into the same time. But what's funny is if you take that story about waiting three, four months on a Verde Relax Vespa Primavera 150, and you take that bike and overinflate it and turn it into a GTS 300, same color, same color seat, Mm -hmm. but now it's a 300. How many you want? Hmm. I got three of them in the building with us right now. Really? (laughs) So the 150 is completely un. Like it is, you can't build enough of them. It is the number one color selling Vespa they've had in the past two years. Hmm. But the 300. Same color. Nobody will touch it. What's the price difference between the two? The same as it's 5,500 for the Primavera and 7,100 for the, for the 300. You know what the difference is? 300s are usually bought by men. Hmm. 150s, anybody. Right. Mm. But 
I have not, I've found one man, I've sold one Verde Relax, one Verde Relax 300 to a dude. He came in and he straight up was like, oh, that color's 1957. That is like, that is like T-Bird Seafoam Green. That thing is amazingly retro. I got a woody wagon down in Florida that is the same color as that mm. bike, oh, nice. except wood on the sides. I'm buying it. And that's how he bought it. He's like, that is the most 1950s retro color in the world. I'm buying that. Everyone else, because, you know, I ordered the same number of 300s as I did 150. Why wouldn't I? Right. Big fucking mistake there, right? <laughs> that's why I'm glad they never made a pink 350 or a pink 300 <laughs> or a pink 250. They've made the pink as a 50 and a 150 <clears throat> because their marketing department was in touch with America and not wanting to be too gay. You know, that, that's that line from Tropic Thunder, never go full retard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. And that pink GTS 250 would have been too gay. Yeah. Well, the Verity Relax Vintage Green 300, just a little too femmy for the average guy who's already taking chances by riding a Vespa. Mm, wow. So a lot of guys ride a Vespa. They're just like, yeah, Vespa, undercompensating motherfucker. Right. I show up. I am the most interesting guy in the room. The fact that you guys have 19 Harley Davidson's parked in the parking lot and I just showed up on a Vespa. And every person in here just came outside to tell me how much they hate Harley Davidson's mm -hmm. and they all want to take a ride <laughs> on my Vespa. Right. Yeah. Bring it on, man. But that Verde Relax Vespa at the 300, just not sellable, right? It's just... You just need to get a couple of guys to lose weight and they'll get that extra inch and then they get the confidence ah, and they come in and, and they, they come fucking in and get buy it. the yeah. Vespa. <laughs> so when they did the coral colored one, which is like yeah. pink and orange had a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they did the coral colored Vespa, they didn't... I don't think they did it as a 300. Yeah. They just did it as a 150. Right. But to me, being a tropical beverage enthusiast... I was like the coral one. I was like, Paul, oh, bring it on, man. I'm going to tiki the shit out of that bike. Like yeah. that bike is a tiki nightmare just sitting there. I love it. Fucking Bamboo love everything seat. about it. So I paid 1500 for a bike that doesn't 64. run. 64. 64. 1964 does not run. Will probably need a whole new top end. Yeah. Definitely is going to need an electronic ignition. Definitely is going to need a carburetor. Yep. And I paid more money for that than I've paid for Pacific Coast 800s. Yep. I paid more money for that than I've paid for Superhawks. I've paid more money for that than I've paid for Honda Bentley 160. Well, but it has all the panels, right? I mean, the only thing is that the... It's the, missing the glow box. The glow box. Yeah, the glow box door is the only thing that's missing. James said he's not going to let you paint it. No, and I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. No, so that's... Just clean that, it up and Pantina. There's a, that joke is like, you say Patina again, motherfucker, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, Patina is... I'm so happy that Patina, patina became a cool thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because for a while, it was just, oh, if it holds still, paint it flat black, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And like, that was the cafe <laughs> the racer culture. Yeah. Was like, oh, whatever it is, paint it flat black. And I know that because I own a flat black Vespa. Sure. Because we couldn't sell them. Because the idea of like flat blacking of Espa mm -hmm. was the same thing. It was like, it was like putting the spikes and, you know, all of the masculinity in the world into a Vespa. Right. Right. And Vespa's flat black. You can't see all the curves and stuff like that. So that's why I have a flat black Vespa because I couldn't sell it. Right. So I had to, had to, you know, make it special and keep it for myself. But that right there is the most money I've spent for a 150 in my goddamn life ever. <laughs> and uh, pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, we are going to keep it just the way it is because it'll only be original once. Let me ask you this. So 20 years ago, that same bike, what would you have paid for it? 400. Yeah. If it was running. And that's why I went to 250 because I, yeah. I know he yeah. usually picks up like yeah. rarities like the, that really cheap. 20 years like, oh, fuck, ago, for me, me as a buyer, 
that would have been a bike I would have sold because it's not running. Right. Mm-hmm. I would have sold it for 900. Right. I would have bought it for 400. Wow. See? Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's like, that's an idea of how the market has changed so much. Yeah. And right now it's a feeding frenzy. So I'm going to wait for John to come back because I have a report from last week's auction. Oh, wow. And if you guys nice. might remember last week, yeah. we talked about, yeah. Oh, I'm excited yep. about, we this. talked about yeah. Uh, yeah. some, some auction things that were happening and some cool stuff. And I just wanted to kind of bring everyone up to speed on how that all panned out. So, because there's, uh, Again, I love shit that we can do on one week of the podcast and then come back for yep. it the next week and be like, there was a result. Well, was it, wasn't, there, wasn't there one bike that uh, the Hoffer? No, John wanted the oh, SC950 yeah. or whatever. So John, yeah, so John oh, wanted, shit. John's been kind of talking, you know, he's been kind of like coming up sideways on like he's, he thinks that if he sneaks up on a Yamaha SCR 950 from the right direction, it won't notice he's trying to get in its pants. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I really believe that he, I really believe that he thinks that like yeah, the, the, yeah. John's just like the right, it's just going to be the right, the right time, the right day. And I'm just going to give her one cocktail enough. Like <laughs> oh, she's yeah. going to have too many drinks and I'll end up being able to go home with an SCR 950, yeah. which is look, it's not a bad bike oh now i did do some research into it it is a yamaha bolt 950 is it's what it is so it's a yamaha bolt 950 with uh some side panels that look like they're scrambler fied with a rear fender that looks like it's scrambler fied um the tires aren't particularly knobby but it has the yamaha tt paint job it has uh motocross style handlebars it has fork gaiters which of course you know you have to have fork gators if you're going to say the word scrambler. It's a good looking bike. It's a know? good yeah. looking bike. It's a great looking bike. Yep. And so last week in the podcast, we talked about, well, you know, what their average value is, what they're worth um, and everything else. So I wanted to participate in the auction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this is Somebody relevant. Perked up. Get interesting. This is mm-hmm. relevant to my interests. So John. the bike in question is a 2017. Uh, I looked it up in. Uh, they had it listed as a 2018, but the VIN on the bike actually does make it a 17. Okay. Right. So the VIN on the bike makes it a 17. I don't know why they had it listed as an 18, but the VIN confirms manufactured very, very, it's a very, very late 17, very, very early 18. So here it is. There's the bike and uh, actual photos. No, uh, we, we brought up the photos from the auction last week, okay. but now that the auction is over, uh, the first tip is that I didn't win the auction. Mm. So that's the first, the first thing that everybody needs to know is we are not talking about the bike that is on its way up here from the auction, right? We're talking about the bike that I did not win. So last week when we talked about this, we said that the the wholesale value, the price that these had sold at auction, there were 11 of them that had sold. Uh, this one had a 90 score, so it's a very good oh, yeah. score. Yeah. And the, the average score for the ones that had sold out are about an 84. 80 yeah, yeah, 84. So again... Their 11 bikes and 12 bikes that they have history on to draw from is a pretty good indication over the past 18 months of where the market is mm. or where it was 18 months ago, up to 18 months ago for this bike. And we had determined that 4750, mm-hmm. 4750 or so was the average wholesale price that these were selling at auction to dealers. Not MSRP, not on the street, not at a dealership, right. but the cost to dealers. And then you can usually add 15 to 20% on top of that for being what it would sell for at a dealership. Okay. So got it. So we know 2021. Right. The market's hot. Right. Right. High rating. Yep. High score. 
And didn't she say the auctions were not happening for a while? Yes. So the True. auctions, they did take a bit of a time out, but they've yeah. come back for the past year. They've been back. But there's a lot of dealerships right now that are having no bikes in their dealership. True. That's important. That's but I was right. seeing these on Marketplace for 4500 to five grand all day long. With, yep. So with they're very low mamas. Yep. Good exactly. looking. That's good what state. interested me. I'm like, it's yeah. a lot of bike for what yep. you're. Absolutely. Okay. Tons yeah. of bike for what you're paying. That's good to know. I totally agree. Yep. So all of these things you've brought up are all very, very tangible, very tr- verifiable things you should take into consideration when you're thinking, okay, I'm either going to be buying a bike at auction or I'm going to be buying a bike. I'm later going to try to sell. Did you actually bid on it? Oh yeah. Okay. You bid on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm there's like six bikes I bid on. Yeah. So, but I'm not the owner of it. Okay. Somebody else bought it. Are we going to get the dirty details? You are going to get the dirty details, but anybody like to guess a bike that had previously we we disclosed last week that the the average sell price for this bike forty seven is forty seven forty. I only care. I want to figure out what you bid. Yeah, I, and I know you're not going to bid forty seven because that's what they're going. You want to get a deal. You're not going to bid full market. You know what they're going. You're going to try to. So I got out of the way at forty five hundred. Okay. Yeah, that okay. was good. You shouldn't so, go more than because remember that on top of these bids, there's a buyer's fee. Yeah, right. So on top of these bids, you're going to have a between five and ten percent buyer's fee. Oh shit! On top of that, yeah. And you know you can go on marketplace Plus, and buy one right now for forty five to five exactly. Grand. Plus, you got to get it up here, right? Yeah. So you got to get it up here. Now remember, the only people in the room, physically on the property and online, are dealers, not just. I happen to have a dealer's license, but I am a registered member of this auction and I've got several hundred thousand dollars on a credit line with them so that I can't say I'm buying things that I can't afford to pay for. So this keeps out Billy Joe Jim Bob, who just happens to have a dealer's license for trailers or whatever from participating in this auction and just being like, look, look, Ma, I just bought 12 motorcycles. And then they got to chase you down and figure out how you're going to pay for them. So to be, to participate in these auctions, you got to have a motorcycle dealer license number. You got to be registered with this company mm-hmm. and you have to have a line of credit established of a certain dollar amount or they're not going to let you buy. Now with that credit, yeah. you're, you're going to pay for it. So there's no, there's no interest or anything, right? So I get uh, 30 days for free. Okay. Yeah, 30 days for free. I've got to pay for it within 30 days. Mm-hmm. On the 31st day, you don't want to fucking know what happens to the interest. Oh, I'm sure it's great. So, yeah, <laughs> this 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 line of credit that I've got yeah. is one of those things you're like, this is not one we let it ride. Right. Like, we're not going to be like, oh, sure, you know, it's 5% or whatever. Just let it go. Right. It's cheaper than a credit card. No, man. We're talking 14 9 15 This right. is not credit. This is just your, uh, this is your key to buy shit. And that's what I like to say. Don't think of it as credit. Don't right. think of it as a floor plan. Think of it as a permission slip to make a purchase. That you're going to pay for. that whether or not you will pay for it in a month. You've already paid for it today. Right. Right. So your your credit is secured. Your line of credit is there. Right. So they know they're not going to lose a penny. And the longer it takes you to pay for it, the better it is yeah. for them. Right. It's cool. And plus, you know, they'll they'll keep it down there for a little while for you while you arrange shipping to get it up and out of there. But sure, then there's sure. also late fees if you don't get it in a certain period of time. Yep. Six grand. Yeah. 5980 Okay. So $59.80, 22 hundred dollars higher than what all of the rest of them that are newer by the way sold for so the market right now on a bike that was 47 add 2200 to that that's 
forty percent. And a dealer right. thinks they can sell it for more. Like, that's exactly the thing. But think so, about this, Rick Roush. I for I had it for work. I had to go to Columbus last week. Right. So on the way home, my daughter. I brought her back from OSU, and she had it. She, we wanted to stop and get a snack, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go to Rick Roush. It's right here. It's right there." Yeah. They had three motorcycles. They had snacks at Rick Roush. No, she went there, and I went because I didn't want to have a snack. Ah, that's great. They had three motorcycles in the showroom, like three in the entire fucking showroom, man. So a few months ago, when we were out on the ride, we stopped at the one. Yeah, it was like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely true. And so that's my wife was, or was it you that was saying about the the Chevy dealers leasing? They're leasing. They're leasing and renting cars to have in the showroom so that customers can go in and have a buying experience. Not just, that's not hyperbole. That's not a news story. I went into the dealership. What do you mean? They're leasing what? So you go down to North Olmstead. Mm-hmm. You go to the dealer, yeah. Chevy dealer. You go onto the lot. There's like six cars on the entire fucking lot. Hmm. There's no cars. It's crazy how, how few cars there are. The Mazda lot had four Mazdas on the entire fucking lot. Wow. A lot that normally holds 500 cars. But inside the showroom where the, the salesmen are working, I was like, there's a pretty response. There's a pretty respectable number of cars on the floor. Mm -hmm. So they can give you the whole try this on, try this on, try this on experience. Mm. But the cars that were in there on the floor were enterprise cars. Yep. Oh, shit. Okay. They were rented cars. Yeah. So they had something for you to buy, something for you to get in and get your deposit and pay your money on. Wow. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So here's what's kooky. So like I said, that car was, uh, that bike, right? So that bike was 47, right? So I looked. Just for fun, because like you said, I've seen those for 4,500. Not recently, you haven't. <laughs> so State 8 has one for 6788 with 3,200 miles. That's a lot for a motorcycle that, you know, was in the neighborhood of 6899 new or, you know, in that in that range. So 6488 for a, a four-year-old bike with... 2,986 miles when we know that the wholesale on that thing was 4,700, mm-hmm. right? So that's quite, uh, quite a fucking gap. And then, so 6,488, and I hate to, I'm not, I hate to throw this up because I don't ever want to be like, look, we're shilling for Cycle Trader because I don't like shilling for Cycle, cycle Trader. I think Cycle Trader's got a lot of, Cycle Trader's fucked up. Just gonna as a dealer and as a person who buys motorcycles for a living, cycle trader is fucked up. We'll get into a long conversation about that sometime about how. So that's not an excess. That's a. There you go. It's right there. I can't read that far. So it's an SCR 950. It's the SCR, not an excess. SCR 950, and so as you can see, um, so that one right there is at Seminole Power Sports, right? It's got twenty nine hundred eighty six miles. And 64, 6488. And then you go to the next one. Our buddies over at State 8, they got one with 3,200 miles, same year, same color, 6788. Okay. Here's one with almost 11,000 miles on it, 5690, right? And this one, I looked at real close on this one, the CCR 90. This thing's fucked up. This thing's been laid down. It's got some shitty aftermarket can fucking jammed onto it. This is a <laughs> fucked up motorcycle. <laughs> this bike is like a $3,400 bike, and yet they're asking $56.90 for it. Um, and then here we go, $55.99. So this is all these prices are on bikes, and then $72.99. 72 fucking 99 One in Pittsburgh for five grand. Right. 2,600 miles on it, though. Right. So what I would tell you, though, is you should buy that bike because despite what I saw happen at the auction. There's one for 72. 
And here's one right here for seventy four ninety five. Right. Well, same thing happened with the Z nine hundred. Right. I got mine for seven. Yep. The used ones with six thousand miles are back up to ninety five hundred bucks now. People wow! Crazy. I got the fucking Hofford over here. I got that. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's the seat, though. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It, it's a really, really funny thing, and it's not a funny thing. But even at auctions, even at a wholesale buying environment, and like we said, pickings have been slim. Normally, this auction has got well over three thousand motorcycles. Okay, well over three thousand. Here's this one auction. for fifty seven with seven grand out and. Right. Kirtland. Yeah. So, I mean, like the point being, these dealers, people that know better, are paying more money. Now, granted, that bike had 30 miles on it. 30 miles. Right. That's, that's the- so, they're paying more money at the auction house mm-hmm. where there's going to be a 5% buyer's fee, where there's going to be all these things added on to the purchase of the bike than you see them for out in the world. That's how hurt for dealers. That's how hurt for inventory dealers are right now. But there is a certain type of person who doesn't, isn't going to go with Craigslist or right. doesn't want to do with that. They want right. to buy it from a dealer. Yep. So. so, so I did a little research and I almost kind of think that this is the bike. So see this bike up here. Did they use the pictures from the auction? They didn't, but, uh. but I've seen companies do that. And I think this might be the bike from the auction, kind of. Uh, 82 miles is not that far off from 30 miles. Mm-hmm. Somebody took it for a ride, et cetera. Sure. Sure. Check it out. But seventy nine ninety nine. that's a nice round number for being $2,000 more than what they paid for it, right? So that's a $2,000 profit margin on the bike. And it's the same color and everything else on the bike, too. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe mm-hmm. that might be the bike. So, But that point being, that's consistent with a dealership trying to make a quick two grand. You know, get it at auction, make a quick two grand on it. So same color, same everything else. Just a little bit coincidental. But yeah, it's a very funny thing that that motorcycle that we were like, yeah, man, those are a great bike. They're a great deal. Well, they are, except for when you got to pay sixty nine ninety five <laughs> to get one, you know, and that's a and that's just where the market is right now. It's Shit a nine fifty though. Hot. It's a nine fifty. It's a great bike for the right for somebody who wants You're gonna that. pay at least five or six for a, a five hundred. Um, I believe, yes, absolutely. I do believe that the, I do believe that the seat on this motorcycle is a war crime. So I've, there's very few motorcycles I've ridden (laughs) in my life where the seat was as fucking awful as this is. It's a shitty seat. Like it's just straight up. Like the seat on this motorcycle is an afterthought. It's just, it's just crap. And the difference between the bolt and the SCR is the Bolt has the swayback frame that you would expect to be on a cruiser bike. And on this bike, they just made it go straight across. Mm-hmm. And when they made this frame go straight across, that left them no room for a seat. Mm-hmm. And so what you end up with is you end up with a seat that is, and it's got the proper, the pegs are in the right spot, you know, and all that stuff. But you do end up with a seat that is like the V9 that we had, the Moto Guzzi V9. The seat on that thing was also, because they wanted it to be a roadster, they want the frame straight across the rails, you end up with a seat that's an inch and a half thick. Yeah. And there's not much you can do with an inch and a half to make her, to make her happy. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So question. So yeah. again, I do scooters and I do cruisers. Yeah. I see a seat like that, yeah. like what's behind you. And yeah. I look at that and I immediately go, this is uncomfortable shit. Like, yeah, I don't is. even want to put my ass on it. It is. Oh, you're okay. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Well, oh, it depends right. though. Right. You got to look at them. Like my, my GS850 has a flat seat like that, but right. it's the most comfortable seat in the history of But it's of a seats. bread loaf. There's right. two yeah. inches, three inches of foam. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A three inch seat yeah. that's three inches of foam is not bad if it's good no. foam. Right. A three inch seat that's two inches of plastic and one inch of foam yeah, is good. a problem. Yeah. And 
That's where it comes into it. But you know so what? You, but, you take the cover off, you throw a gel pack in there and stuff. You can make it nice. But but here's the thing. Absolutely. I want to know. So like motorcycles have all these advancements, all these new styles and shapes and everything. But it seems like the 70s and 80s, the seats were actually like nobody. Like I never thought about replacing a seat from one of those bikes. It's like, right. oh, this is pretty good. Right. Now when you buy a bike, you're like, well, I got to get a new seat, obviously. Right. Like, it's the first thing you do. Can't they fucking make a seat that doesn't suck? Okay, so <laughs> they can. <laughs> right? They don't need to. Yeah. Okay. So there's, first of all, there's some weird psychology in there. So the weird psychology is when you're in the showroom, and this happens here every day, yeah. people go up and they sit on the bike. Now, do you, do you know the two things a customer does when they come into my showroom and sit on a bike? Yeah. There's two things I guarantee every single customer does. They are both childish and foolish when you think about it. They sniff the seat? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the first thing that they do is they get on the motorcycle and they bounce up and down on the seat. <laughs> they bounce up and down on the seat and they will immediately tell you their instant review of a seat that they've sat on for exactly three seconds. Right, because that makes that's, that's what you need to know. I'm going to tell you that no seat in the history of motorcycles has ever been designed for how it feels for three seconds. Mm-mm. Other than somebody who's aware of consumer psychology that says, if I take motorcycle a and I give it a firm seat and I use closed cell foam, like your, you know, space mattresses or whatever the hell it is. And I use an expensive foam in that seat that is going to be firm and is going to feel good under your ass for three hours. And then I have the exact same motorcycle next to it with a seat made out of open cell foam, like a shitty office chair. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then you sit on it and you go, oh, right. right. And in and three minutes, you are literally sitting on the plastic or the metal frame of the motorcycle. But for that seven seconds, it's like sitting on a marshmallow. Yeah. Right. If I have those two motorcycles sitting both there, right side by each. And if I tell people this is the Raging Chicken 250 and this is the Raging Chicken 250 LX. They will always go for the bike with the, with the softer seat. Mm-hmm. And then, ironically, because I've been doing this a while, mm-hmm. they will all say, you know, I've had this bike for a week and a half, and everything about this bike is just five stars. I absolutely love it. But the seat's not so great. Does Corbin make a seat for this? Yeah. I was just going to say that that's the Corbin problem, though, right? Because you right. get a Corbin seat, and you're like, I spent all this money. You put your ass on it. You're like, this thing sucks. And it sucks until, until you ride it for four hours. Right. And then at four hours, you're like, now I understand. Right. right. So it's soft is not equals. Soft does never equal good for long duration. But here's the trick. Motorcycle companies know that. So motorcycle companies know that 95% of motorcycle owners will change their seat anyway. Mm. So don't give them an expensive one. Right. So give them a shitty seat from the factory that feels really nice when you sit on it for five seconds. Okay. The second thing that motorcycle customers will do that is childish and foolish is they will get on the motorcycle and in my showroom, Make room noises? while it's on the center stand, <laughs> they will adjust their mirrors. Oh, uh, my well, you do want to see what's behind you. <sighs> Fuck you. Okay. Here's why. One, if you see what's behind you, you've adjusted your motorcycle mirrors incorrectly. Okay. Unless the motorcycle mirrors are literally inboard of your hands, and don't laugh, Harley's made a few that way. Yeah, I've seen those. Right? You're going to see. 
Right. right? So like whether you have a six inch, ben, if you have a six inch stem, <laughs> right? Or a 10 inch. Or if you have a 10 inch stem, you're going to see. Right. But I think it's hilarious when I'm trying to extol the virtues of a motorcycle to somebody and they get on the thing and they are not paying attention at all. Meanwhile, they are lining up an MIT grade mirror alignment <laughs> so they can signal Saturn and Uranus on this bike. Oh, no, that's just not right. That's just not right. And I always have a problem with that, though. I mean, like mirrors are right, right. here and they go right to my shoulders. Yeah. And I always have to go like this. Hey, John. I don't know how to fix that. Would you ever not buy a motorcycle? Well, that's really not anything I can do about because, it. Because I'd just be stuck with it. Or do you think that maybe there might be in the aftermarket some mirror extenders? Yeah. Right. I or a mirror bracket mover thinger or something? It's not the first thing right. I look at. But the point being, be a deal like, breaker. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that people are sitting in here and they're like, they'll move the mirrors and then they'll make this face, this gas face. So they'll be like, mirror, mirror, mirror. And they'll get off the bike and go sit on another bike. That I know is a shittier bike or whatever. one ear mirrors that adjust nicely. And they're like, they sit on the bike and they'll do the mirror thing again. They'll do the bounce on the seat and then they'll do the mirror thing again. And they'll go, oh, okay, great. Thumbs up. My, wa- like, my wife is like, as soon as she gets in the car, yeah. all mirrors must be adjusted. Yeah. People really care. No, that. and good, they should. But I also am the guy that does get to pass judgment on every bike that comes in here. And when I, your bike comes into my shop and I see that you've got both of the side view mirrors aiming six feet behind your vehicle so that you don't have any vision into your blind spots at all. At all. Then I just go, well, the fucking 20 minutes you spent in my showroom dicking with these mirrors means nothing because, <laughs> well, it turns out people don't understand, you know, Johnny eats too much. No offense. Shows up in my shop, and <laughs> he's, he's fucking hoffed again. He's, you're he's, punching back tonight, look, man. He's like, fucking hey. He's two. He's two Oscars <laughs> wide, right? But he shows up and he's two Oscars wide. Somebody give the kid a hug, man. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you. coming. I do. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Chris eats too much, but then I looked at Chris and I was like, Chris does not eat too much. No, so I do. <laughs> But you have the metabolism to burn it off. Exactly. Stress, 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 stress. Exactly. So, but it is a thing when a human being comes in and a human being is three feet wide and the handlebars of the motorcycle are two and a half feet wide and the mirrors are there. Well, then they've essentially set themselves up to fail. So when we sold the Stella and we sold the Bajaj, everybody came in and said, do they make longer mirrors for this? And I went out of my fucking way, like spent way too much time on the internet, talked to companies that manufacture mirrors and I had mirrors made. Yeah. Try it. It's expensive. I'm sure. And I had mirrors made for the Bajaj that were straight up six inches longer. <laughs> you could fucking joust with these things. They were ridiculous. <laughs> and when the bike would sit there and idle, that were like right up here. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a rear view mirror. I don't want ape hangers. Right. I, want, right. I just want a rear view mirror. Yeah. Just one rear view mirror. I wear it on my hat, wear it on my helmet, and just goes up there, and I could look up and just be like driving my car. And I could look that way. Oscar's got a helmet that does that. Yeah. I heard it. He's got a rear view helmet. Yeah. So it's I like, like that idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it looks really fucking super cool when he's on his moped. Actually, I did just see a frigging mirror that sits at the top of the fucking windshields. Yeah. Right. And it corners around. I'm like, yeah. who the hell would yeah. want that? Yeah, blind I spot saw mirror. that too. Is yeah. that what it is? It's a, a blind spot mirror. It's curved and it's adhesive and it yeah. sticks right on your touring bike windshield. And it works. Like, I don't mean to sound well, stupid, I mean, but look, like, if, you've, if you own a minivan, one. yeah, and like you put your sunglasses up there, yeah, right? But if you move the next one back, you hit the button on that thing, it folds down, it's a convex mirror. 
Okay. And it's so you can watch the kids in the back seat in your minivan. Okay. So when you're going down the road, you flip this thing down and it's got a convex mirror. It looks in the back seat and you can see your kids doing all the horrible things your kids do, right? And so most modern minivans have that little feature in them now. Well, this thing that they have adhesive for motorcycles is a convex mirror, but it is literally, I'm not joking, it is in your fucking line of sight. And one of my customers came in with a BMW with one of these things on it, and I nearly crashed the bike because I'm trying to go around a corner on this big-ass touring bike, and all of a sudden, I see headlights coming at me, but they were behind me. Behind you. Well, again, yeah. right? Because I'm seeing this stupid ad for this thing, and I'm yeah. like, and again, I keep using stupid because I don't know anything about it. Because like, I didn't buy right? it yet. <laughs> and it's, and again, it looks like it's in my line of sight. Right. And on top of my line of my sight, I'm thinking every fucking piece of light that's out there is going to be in my eyes. Exactly. I can't turn that's it. what the guy said. So there, yeah. I, I saw a review on it, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it works pretty well, but if you're if the sun's behind you, right. you you're can't fucked. see anymore. Yeah, it just yeah blinds. No, you. I'm gonna say I. I, it was still daylight. Yeah. It was still daylight. I was making a turn and I saw headlights because the guy behind me had headlights on yeah. and he wasn't even behind me in the danger zone. He was behind <laughs> me like three blocks off. But those headlights, my eyes are trained to look for hazards. Yeah. Well, here's a one and a half inch strip of reflective material right in front of my eyes with lights coming at me. <laughs> Fuck that. That's Star Wars trench run shit. Like I know. Use the force, Luke. Let go. Uh, fuck that. It was not cool. And I got off the bike and I was just like, that is dumber than fuck. Like, um, yeah, so that is a bad, bad, bad. I'm going to pull up a picture of it just so our people that, that might be watching on the podcast can see. Two, two other Star Wars nerds, since you brought that up. Did you see the meme that has Death Star and then it has Death Star Pro and it has yeah, three, three holes in it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, Dune came out. Yeah. Right. Um, and I mean, I'll tell I'm going to give you a little backstory about Unky Phil. So when Unky Phil was a child, Star Wars came out and it changed my fucking goddamn life because it came out in 78, you yep. know, 77, yep. 78. And I was eight or nine years old and I was the perfect, the perfect age for that. There's the mirror. Now, you can mount it higher or you can mount it lower. Um, where it is right there, you mostly just see right. your own chest, right? Exactly. But they had it, he had it mounted higher, so it would kind of look over your shoulders. And the end result was terrifying. But uh, plus, it's just convex mirrors are weird anyway. So do so. I just need a rear view screen. A rear view screen. Yeah, which is easy enough to do. Right. I right. thought about that, right? Little tiny little screen. Yeah. See you right go behind to, you straight Yeah, back. you go to Banggood and get a little fucking... LED display or LCD display. Right. And then just a little camera on the back and you could stick it anywhere. And then you got a screen and it's looking directly straight behind you. Cause I gotta right. tell you, one thing I do hate about the AK is the fucking mirrors. Right. I hate those mirrors. Yeah. I don't know why, but I hate them. And the new windshield right. makes it worse. So with the AK though, he's talking about the Kimco AK 550. So the AK has the mirrors in the European fashion that are like insect antenna. Yeah. There, right? were, there were six guys that were like, Mirror on an AK. Mirror AK. AK. <laughs> oh, periscope adapter. I can fire without giving up my cover right, or right. my concealment. I can watch my six. Exactly. So the, uh, the, the Kimco AK-550 has the mirrors on it that we were supposed to get on the Kimco Exciting 500 and the Kimco XC300 or X Crosstown, X-Town 300. So the reason that the previous bikes that we got had these really shitty DOT mirrors on them. And those really shitty DOT mirrors have turn signals wired into them. And these things are China's finest. They are garbage. Like the mirrors <laughs> on a Kimco X-Town 300 have the turn signals built in because the turn signals have to be certain height and certain width apart to be DOT compliant. Mm. The awesome, sexy turn signals that came from the factory, Taiwan or China, 
are too low and too close together, and they're perfectly aerodynamic and awesome. So instead, they put these mirrors on the X-Town 300 that you can't adjust correctly. It's just hilarious. Like, they're the worst mirrors I've ever seen on a motor scooter. <laughs> we talked about the the mirrors on the exciting 250. Right. The great thing about those, too, is they're low. Yes. So yes. they're below your shoulder line. That was the they're, Grand Vista. Yeah, the Grand Vista. Yeah, the Grand Vista. They so were they're, perfect. They're low. They're here, but they're going. They past looked your, your, under your hands. Yeah. And same with the Zero SRS. The Zero SRS, the mirrors fold out from under the, the where the levers are, where the handlebars are. So it's the strangest thing. You are literally looking over your hand, but seeing under your hand in the reflection. Best mirrors I've ever had on a motorcycle by well, far. I'll tell you, on my intruder, what yeah. I did was is I took the mirrors. Anal. Anal. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was like, yeah, it's, it's happening. But somehow I can't call that thing just an 800, right? Like, right, no, no. got to call it the intruder. Right. Yeah, I took the, the mirror stands, right? Yep. Flipped them upside down and flipped the bars. Yep, exactly. And so that way they were under. Exactly. And the only thing that's that the sportster me, trick. Yeah. And it, it was great, except for you couldn't use 100% of the turn no, yeah, right yeah. in the garage. Because it's going to hit. Yeah, lock to lock, it's going to hit. And the same with the Sportster. When they put the mirrors under on some of the Sportsters, they put the mirrors upside down through the purchase. So the shaft isn't threaded on a Harley Davidson. The shaft is empty. You put the mirror through and then a lock lock nut check nut goes through. So the mirrors can be on the top or on the bottom. My favorite are bar ends, but most of the bar ends are so cheap. They're shitty. They just fall apart. I got the Napoleons, which I really like. Yeah, they vibrate a lot too. Yeah, it's not a great. So here's the bike in question, AK550, and so you'll see that the mirrors are mounted to the frame, in what I like to call, you know, the the old Toyota Japanese crown car, like Mm -hmm. mounted on the fender where mirrors should be. So what these do is they move the mirror way out here, Mm -hmm. like way way up here. Well, Americans like the mirror to be hooked to the handlebars. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And it's just the thing. So here's the good news, though. I think on your bike, on the AK, I think that on the master cylinders. They have mirror receivers. Yes. So you can still put, and I have done this for customers on bikes that have had this frame mounted mirror system is I have had a customer leave my shop with the frame mounted mirror system that the factory put on the bike. And then also with the handlebar mounted mirror system. So the customer had four mirrors. Yeah. It's super auxiliary. Johnny safety guy. It's gun. a scooter, man. Yeah. Just keep adding them. You'll be all mod. It'll be a mod AK-550, <laughs> right? Get a fishtail in the back. Yeah. It's perfect. There's enough yeah. things Coon-tail. changing out the end thing already. So. Yeah, you have had, you have embraced Taiwan. Well, I did yes. want to mention that because I was looking at it when I was standing outside. and yeah. There's a lot of little blue farkling going on there. Well, you've, you've corrected whatever was wrong with the kickstand. And the dashboard is sitting there throbbing at you. Yeah. You notice that too. Uh, so yeah, the dashboard, up, yeah. the dashboard is just kind of going. <sighs> <sighs> so you've got your dashboard yep. set to Welcome alert me. people to the immobilizer system. When you walk up to the bike at any distance, the display on the dashboard, which in the middle of the AK five fifty, the circle that you can control with your uh, smartphone or your Bluetooth or whatever, that circle, he's got it set to just be kind of breathing. It's just going from yes, black to white, black to white. It's right? fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. Everyone walks up, I'm like, what the fuck's up with your bike? I'm like, eh. It's great. Dude, you're if you had to make it cooler, what's, you up, to- what's up with it? You're getting too close. It's, it's got a, it's, it just needs a little time to right? settle down. It's a little worked up right now. Yeah, my, my next big thing is I'm actually thinking about switching out that belt for a chain because they make a chain conversion right, for they it. They do. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've heard anybody complaining about short lifespan of the belt or anything. You know, it's the cost of the belt. Right. Like I looked at a replacement just in case. Yep. And I was like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, <laughs> like, what, is, what is that? Send 15,000 miles or more? Or 13, I think. Yeah, I think it's a lot higher than that. 
Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought uh, it was I'm, a really low one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's higher than that. I know that the belt is bloody expensive. Yes. Uh, the, the belt is bloody expensive. But, but does that belt have any kind of dampening properties that's going to like keep your like clutch and stuff in order? Because like, if you go to a chain, there's no, you know, you don't have that bumper that. Mm, yeah, it, it's a little bit weird in that I can't find many people that have gone through this, this chain conversion. Yeah. yeah. I've seen pictures of it. And I've seen some videos, but no one talks about the damn thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of my consensus, too, is it's one of those things that may exist only in the fantasy right. world. And, right? and if you look at most of the Harley guys that go to chains, their bikes are such piles of shit that they can't tell the ah. difference that it's shaking. <laughs> right. You know, or, yeah. and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, you know, it's not I, I think there is something too that that belt that helps smooth the ride out <laughs> and gives you the, you know, smooth power acceleration and stuff. Yeah. And it could be. I'm just interested in it. It's yeah, the same right, reason right. I, I switched out, you know, the, the rollers for, for lighter sliders, right? Sliders I was going to do sliders anyways. Just playing around with it. Right. And, and then oh, I. So you already did your rollers? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> on, a, on a bike, too. His bike does have the slipper clutch system built into it. So whereas most scooters would traditionally need to change rollers at about 12,000 miles, on that bike, you can go out to twenty five or 30,000 miles because they have a longer lifespan roller system like the Piaggio BV350 and some other bikes. So, um, you know, the, the thing is like, he what he's doing is just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. The belt, I so the that part number belt, according that there's a Harley Davidson that uses that same belt. And the uh, service interval on the Harley Davidson is 35,000 miles. 35, okay. 35,000. So that's the service interval for that belt, using that part number. And a Harley Davidson. Right. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that holds true for a Kimco, but I can just tell you. Which a Harley quick has guess. 1,200 cc's, but the same horsepower as your bike. So. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, 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 exactly. By well, the way, switching out those rollers, yeah. that is roughly about a 40-minute job yep. unless you follow the only fucking video on the internet that talks about it. Because that asshole <laughs> wanted to sell you the tool and not really help you switch out the no, goddamn rollers. No, 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 Because yeah, I'm watching right. this. I'm like, this ain't too bad. And then I'm getting it apart. And I'm like, yeah, this was great. I should have recorded this. No, he did a great job. And then right. I tried to put it back together. And I'm like, this fucker ain't going back together no. to save its life. Right. Yeah. This ain't happening. No. Right. No. So we need his tool. Now, how much is he selling the tool for? I want to say that I paid with shipping. I want to say it was like 100 bucks. 100 bucks, right? Yeah. So it's because you got to hold things into a you have to hold things into a configuration yep. if you let go of it they'll all fall yep so there's no tensioning on the outside mm -hmm. of it because oh. like and we're sorry guys if you want to working on the recoil cost. starter on your briggs yeah, and Stratton. exactly right so it's exactly what it is and it's one of those things that unless you have a way to hold those things in situ while you're also putting a cover on and seating an external bearing right because this has a supported outside bearing and there's been a number of bikes, including the Vespa GTSs, all the Quasar motors and the BV500s are the same way. They have this supported end of the, the drive shaft. So the end of the crankshaft that runs out, it's fucking genius because you can put all the torque you want for that son of a bitch. It ain't going nowhere. Mm. But it also is like, we were joking that you could have like a rubber band or a piece of paper, something that would disintegrate. Like something that would hold it just long enough, just long enough to smash it you'd, together. You'd normally grease it or something, but right. you wouldn't want to do that. You can't yeah. grease it. Right. So it has to be dry. Exactly. So we were trying to think of all the different ways that we could do something in there that would be frangible enough that it wouldn't affect the operation of the vehicle. Once you got it pushed back together again, you know, and it's weird when you say that because yeah, yeah it's got, it's got the aluminum case that goes yep. over it and the yep. aluminum case, every opening on it yep. 
has a filter. Absolutely. And you're right. like, holy shit, how many filters are on this thing? Right. And gaskets. Right. This thing oh. is exposed to the air. Yep. There is no pressure in this device. Nope. There is no oil-proof seal. There is nope. no nothing in there at all. It is basically a decorative cover. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you take it off, the bike will run perfectly well. Yep. There won't be a problem. And I have a video of it running that right. way. <laughs> yeah, because you want to see the belt work and everything. It's badass. Well, yeah, that right. I was trying to... Well, okay. Number one, when you're going to do a project like this, probably should make sure you get all the tools before you start the fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, I, that's overrated. I'm like, I got a 23 socket. This will be fine. I get all the way down to where I need it. I'm like, oh, fuck, I only have this in a wrench. Oh, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. So my torques, I can't put it back together, but I can still take the fucker apart. Right. Yeah. One night's take it apart. Next night's order the, the parts, parts. Yep. Then, then wait for it and, and then deal with it. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, those covers, <laughs> right? these covers on these automatic transmissions, they're just safety covers. Yeah. They're to make sure that your pant leg doesn't go into that son of a bitch and rip you in half. And it's a good thing they're there. But in Kimco's world in particular, Kimco has put all this dust mitigation in this thing. And I was just like, the next thing is going to be HEPA filters. So there's yeah. going to be HEPA filters mm-hmm. yeah. on your transmission cover just to keep things from entering. But yeah. what you were just talking about, that always cracked me up during the big chopper uh, fetish thing a, yeah. like 10 years ago. Yeah. The dudes with the open primaries with the three inch wide fucking chains for the primary yes. drives. Yeah. And then they're wearing at the time their yeah. Janko jeans yeah. with their fucking giant right. chain thing hanging oh. there. Oh. They'd park the bike and you'd see yeah. that the whole drive chain or drive belt yeah. would just be like, look like fringe because yeah. it had sucked in so much of their clothing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It was fucking, fucking crazy. hilarious. Uh, there's no, again, fashion or function. Right. Pick one. Yeah. And that's exactly what it well, is. Well, you know, knowing that at any moment you could lose a leg, that's, that's what increases the excitement of riding a 48 horsepower motorcycle. <laughs> well, there's no chance of dying at high speed. So what the fuck? We'll just, yeah. we'll just turn up the danger everywhere else. Everywhere else. We'll make it hard to steal again. Or how many handlebars do you need? Apparently one. <laughs> My whole world has changed since I saw that bike with literally one handlebar with a tiller. That's it. And again, if you show up to ride that bike and you have two arms, yeah. you're a fucking idiot because now you have nowhere to put this hand. Right. And it's literally... Well, it might be on the suicide shifter. Again, not something you need this hand for <laughs> all the time, right? It's literally... Yeah, it's so you can ride down the yeah. street. <laughs> I'm a little teapot, <laughs> short and stout. It'd be even yeah, better if right. the dude showed up with no arms and he just used his mouth. He's like... <laughs> I got a buddy named Tarzan. He's missing an arm, mm-hmm. Right. He wasn't, he was born with two arms. Most, most of the time I've known him, he had two arms, but then something bad happened. And he's got one arm now. And so he's got a Lambretta. Did he prank you? Like the first <laughs> time you saw him, he was like, no. hey, Phil, and you pull his arm. No, we were, we were all kind of like, fuck, I hope Tarzan lives. <laughs> oh, shit. No. So his cost of oh, nearly you, dying you was one arm. You saw him lose his arm? No, no. Oh, oh, thank yeah. God. No, yeah. I would have affected me. But the point is he rides a Lambretta. Okay. No, Which arm is gone. No, the Lambretta motor's out, and there's an ET4 motor in it. Oh. So, <laughs> so he could keep kicking old school. Yeah. He's got a beautiful kick-ass Lambretta right. called the One-Arm Bandit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes out to you, Tarzan. So, uh, but, yeah, because there's no... You can't... I mean, what would you... You'd have to do a thumb throttle and a shifter if you wanted just, to... Just, just don't even apply. Yeah. Yeah, just don't even try, dude. Like, no. Yeah, One-Arm Joe could do it on a motorcycle, but he could still shift with it. Exactly. Foot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the case of, you know, uh, in case of Tarzan's bike, the one arm bandit, it literally is an automatic. It's it's and it's so sneaky. Like there's so much detail that went into the bike. Mm-hmm. It's fucking it's just fucking cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good job. Well done. Totally fabricated out to be the point where 
you you're there you're standing next to the bike and you're just like yeah fuck yeah way to go way to rock an old 60s lambretta Mm -hmm. and then you're like wait a second the (laughs) fuck is going on here you know why is there a starter button yeah (laughs) and all that shit's hidden you don't know what's even there so it's 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 very convincing so that he gets still. It's like it's like again. the stereo guys for the hot rods that have the old school oh, the face, old face plate that moves yeah. down and then the fucking thing is underneath. Very them. much. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. So uh, last week we talked about our new sponsor, uh-huh. Cleveland Moto. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Cleveland Moto. But it, this thing's only been out for a few hours. Yeah. You have any right? copy from them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eat a bag of dicks. Welcome yeah. to. <laughs> no, uh, here, wait, I, I do have it. I, no, actually, did you know that? I'm gonna hold on a second. I'm gonna get up real quick so I can get a, a training aid. You guys talk amongst yourself. All right. All right. <laughs> the, the copy I received went back to cuddling or what was it? Cupping season. Cuffing season. Cuffing, Cuffing season. season. So yeah, here at Cleveland Moto, it's cuffing season again, and. To help you along with this, Phil has cups. <laughs> <laughs> No, I will tell you, there's, I, I have written twice a scooter without, with one hand completely occupied. Once was for a birthday, and all of a sudden, like, I bought a cake, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, how am I going to do this? I thought I could balance it across the bars. That, that didn't work. Right? Yeah. And then it was this time, all of a sudden, I'm going down the highway a little faster than I should have, and all of a sudden, I felt like nothing pushing against my back anymore because I brought, and all of a sudden, I'm like, is everything still there? And I'm reaching yeah, back you know, going, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this. this totally not Fuck cool. the bags. <laughs> Put the hand back. I'm just going to assume they're there. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's all like, you can do. So this little bad boy, um, you know, we had these made a couple of years ago. And if you guys know anything about Cleveland Moto, you will know that we are Camaro as fuck for Moto Guzzi's. Like our shop, we liked Moto Guzzi's even before we were a dealer. And then we liked Moto Guzzi's so much we quit being a dealer. <laughs> because we did not want to die on the cross of like corporate bullshit that we would have to do to be a Moto Guzzi dealer. And so I want to go on my life living and enjoying my Moto Guzzi motorcycles, but I don't want to have to be like, hate them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we ripped off, we borrowed some artwork. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Hey, at the time we were licensed. Okay, but we made these fucking beanies, right? And so we made these beanies, uh, and we did not decide to go through the usual suspects. We we actually went, you know, to a company that does things responsibly and ethically, or whatever. And we made these, and so we normally sell these for twenty five bucks plus shipping or whatever. And for the podcast people, we did twenty bucks, nineteen ninety nine, delivered anywhere in the lower forty eight, right? So 20 bucks delivered anywhere in the lower 48. That was our Cleveland Moto promo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for last week because my balls are clean and (laughs) my my balls are hairless and they will be through the rest of my goddamn life because of our former sponsor. But they've decided that our listeners deserve a timeout. (laughs) Take that however you want. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of fuzzy guys on motorcycles. But anyway, <laughs> and again, it's it's winter. It's, it's winter, yeah. It's cuffing go, season. Right? <laughs> right, so it's cuffing season, according to Manscaped. Uh, anyway, uh, so, but what I have determined was one of our podcast listeners, one of our, actually one of our Patreon members, said that he will not buy this. What? Unless we tell him that this hat is 100% fuckable. Oh. So Jason... Go fuck your hat. Because <laughs> he said, he said, if I said his name and I called him out, Jason, go fuck this hat. 
because I'm mailing you this hat. Now, whether or not it's John's... Enti- it's entirely fuckable. Oh, yeah. Whether or not John... It would be, you know, I could take it in the back. It would be a scrumptious fuck. I mean, realistically, if you want to go fuck Jason's hat... Or uh, more importantly... You should just go fuck Jason's hat. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Right? More, yeah, more yeah. importantly... Think about how much that can hold compared to the sock you're used to using. Ah, <laughs> exactly. You get a happy hat. You get a happy hat instead of a happy sock. Let's give her the minivan. <laughs> <laughs> Two in the front, five in the rear. Yeah, that's the minivan. Uh, not fucking around. So, Jason, we fucked your hat. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So, we're, we're going to get you a post fucked hat. So, as Cleveland Moto likes Would to say, Would anybody else like to fuck Go the fuck hat? your hat. Right. So, yeah, we like that. Careful, so, Johnny. Might clone you. So, instead of a signature, we're all going to fist the Hats yeah, exactly. No. We can ship them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery hat. You're not going to know who's fucked it. <laughs> oh, exactly. any any night. point in the storm. So next, <laughs> next it comes with a free girlfriend. UV flashlight. It yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so next week uh, for our next week for our Cleveland Moto, our sponsors, mm-hmm. our fine sponsors. So Cleveland Moto's sponsorship, Cleveland Moto. Fuck misfits. Do you know that misfits every time they say something stupid. Which is a lot. But every time they say something stupid, they're like, send all your complaints to Phil at clevelandmoto.com. Oh, shit. They do that every fucking time. And I get these people that don't know the rules, like Mm -hmm. that are new to podcasts and are new to our world. And they think that it's like legit. Oh. (laughs) So I'm like, you're the mega mogul that runs all the podcasts. Like like at some point, (laughs) I do all the criticisms and stuff. So I've got a couple put away. You take escalated issues. I have two complaints. (laughs) You're HR for the fucking. (laughs) So what they don't know is Liza and Emma are probably the most guilty of saying that, you know, direct all your complaints to Phil at Mm clevelandmoto.com. Except I say it better. But anyway, they they did that. And so I've had two people send me messages. And the thing is, you know me. I like to throw people under the bus yeah, because I always like to cite my sources. And so I'm kind of waiting to see, like, I really want to read these over the air and be like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, so we're going to play that out a little bit. I'm so going to put that on my business card from now on. This, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any complaints? <laughs> so all complaints go to Phil. <laughs> I am. I'm doing that. complaints to Phil at clevelandmoto.com. John, grab the other end of this. There you go. Oh, perfect. So see that? Good job, John. So this is our Cleveland Moto uh, six feet long. Scarf, uh, lovingly made, artisanally crafted in Germany. Yeah, we spent some real money on these. We spent some real money on this shit. Uh, this is a company that makes football scarves, footy scarves. Right, and then the backside says Moto Guzzi upside down. Oh, so that's in, in all right. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you know, as you know, kind of our shop colors. So these scarves that are really made in Europe via real football scarf company and are delightfully warm, and six whole American feet long. Right. So those scarves, <laughs> we're doing those scarves, $30 free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. Look at how majestic you are. Yep. Right. And uh, so if anybody wants a Cleveland Moto scarf, uh, 30 bucks plus we're paying the shipping. Shipping's well, and, on us. And here's the thing. It's yeah. not, I mean, it's not one, th- it's double oh, thick. No, it's, it's double like thick. A legit the entire thing, thing is. You can fuck the scarf. You can fuck the scarf. <laughs> <laughs> 
prop. You figure out a way to Go fuck your scarf. Oh my god, it's the first thing that'll cover my whole dick at one time. So if you have an elephant, you can warm their trunk. You can also put one on each arm and be the wavy guy in front of the gas station. Yep, you could be the inflatable airman in front of the gas station. That's awesome. But so these things are legit. I mean, legit as hell. We really wanted to have soccer scarves. We really wanted Cleveland Moto to have soccer scarves. There's a muffler though. You could put your arm hands in. Yeah, you can put your arms in it. It's it's a proper. It will keep you warm in many different oh, ways. Oh, you could if you tied off the ends, you could put beers in it and yes, sneak you could. beers. You could sneak in. beers in. Yeah. It could be a beer to leer. A beer to leer. Oh, yeah. they'll even keep them cold. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. So our uh, our beer carrier. <laughs> you know they say be- fifty bucks. You said beauty's in the eye of the beer holder. Yeah, right. Yep. Your beer holder's looking pretty good. I mean, it's got girth. You could probably put bottles of things in there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy. not fucking around. This is not a child's. This is not an entry level scarf. This is a full on full on. <laughs> you need class two certification. Class two certification <laughs> for this. Yeah. You may have a, yeah, you gotta have a, a scarf operator's permit. You need to be a certified forklift for driver. Children twenty one and up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that scarf is our new promo, thirty bucks. We'll ship one off That's to you. That's a good deal. Right. Yeah. And we're doing the same thing. So how we're listing these things so we can keep track of it better is we're putting them on eBay. We have an eBay store. There's other things on there too. But these items are the only items we have on our eBay store that are absolutely no shipping. And remind me to take a picture of it tonight. No I missed last yeah. week, but this next yeah. video, I'll put a little ad. Like when we're yeah. doing this, I'll put an ad up and show you. You can do that. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is something we did for, we wanted to do something that is, um, and honestly, it ain't about the fucking money. Uh, what we're paying in shipping on these things is going to eat up any profit we ever would have made on them. But the idea being, screw having another corporate sponsor, whatever. So, Speaking about non-corporate sponsors. Mm-hmm. Pornhub? Oh, I wish. I do. I totally just, wish. Are you kidding me? I, again, and you guys are all bullshit about OnlyFans, but when the art museum did an OnlyFans account, I was like, what the fuck are we not doing? Why aren't we doing an OnlyFans <laughs> well, account? You know what? And here's the other thing. I was <laughs> thinking about this, right? Right. So YouTube is cool, but some comedians and stuff are putting their podcasts and things up on Pornhub and they're not stopping them. So uh, I was thinking maybe we should start an account and throw it like a secondary where we add an extra five minutes at the end that's only good for Pornhub. All the the pregame on the post. And people will be like, pregame on the post. Why do you have Pornhub on your phone, Oscar? It's for the podcast. (laughs) I'm checking out. See, we're doing a favor for all of our listeners. Damn reason. Moto podcast. A legitimate reason why they could be on there and tell their wives, I don't. I don't even look at porn. It's exactly. Yeah. So wait, are we going to get a like a, a, a leather couch just for oh. uh, <laughs> for the pregame? <laughs> yes. I like that. Post game moto casting. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, for the casting. For the, yeah, yeah, for casting. Oscar, for the yeah. Thanks yeah, for yeah. getting here early. I'm glad you showed up at six. That's great. You gotta so, fuck, uh, gotta fuck these forty hats. <laughs> so uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> How old are you? How old are you? Got say, the ID. You gotta say yeah. it into That's the camera. Right. Yeah. You gotta yeah. say yeah. it into the camera. Look straight down the pipe and tell me right so again how do you feel about um anal (laughs) and only john can make that sound so good (laughs) so good so you guys remember a couple of podcasts ago where i was like where i was saying okay i don't want to give a podcast a promo i don't want to give love i don't want to pimp anything that we don't actually like right right right. yeah and i mean it's not that i don't like clean balls i love clean balls nothing wrong with <laughs> i it, still know? like my but, thing i use but, it I, you know, oh yeah i'm yeah. not saying anything mm-hmm. i don't need to it's it's legit yeah. I, it works yeah, yeah all right cat just won't come back in the room ever again but <laughs> but so what did we do we said hey 
this this podcast a couple of weeks ago, we were like, this podcast is sponsored by Cornering Confidence from John Del Vecchio. Yeah, yep, we did. Right? Yeah. And we talked about that and because we do know all of us have read the book. I, I keep the books here at the shop. Um, I've got my copy that I loan out to people all the time. So John, of course, John listens to our podcast. Oh, good. Which I don't recommend that he does. I, I <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of like, I don't want to take away. This, yeah. <laughs> John Del Vecchio listens no, no, to our no, podcast. No, 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 we yeah. got yeah, yeah. He'll start. Yeah. So John actually does listen to the podcast, and he sends us out this thing, and he's just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> he's just like, "Wow!" He's like, "Yo, thank you." Yeah, right. But on the same token, it's don't, us. Yeah, don't do it again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as bad press. Uh, unless Cleveland Moto is talking about us. Right? He followed that with a letter. <laughs> <laughs> what does cease and desist really mean? I don't, know. I don't understand. Right. Right. I, I have no idea what that means. But again, I do want to clarify because there was some confusion over it. We actually do really, really believe in and we 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 have all read the book. We have all used the techniques that are in the book. And as a person that has been racing motorcycles for many years, I learned something new. Mm-hmm. And then as we give this book out or we, you know, loan this book out to people here in the shop, they always come in and they're always like, holy shit, like, God damn it. And now... I've got motor. I've got books like proficient motorcycle sidecar riding that I've loaned to you, and various books we hand around, kind of here at the shop because we do like to be like, oh, well, you know, if you read this, you'll learn something, and it'll be fun for you. Yeah. And, and I look at pictures, but. exactly <laughs> right. But there's some things that do kind of go around for us that we've had, and they've kind of been like a Graham Bell's book on two stroke tuning is one of my favorite books ever. And if you sit still long enough, I will hand you one of those books because it makes two stroke motors and the tuning of them and expansion chambers all make sense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun book to read, even though you know, it's, it's old, it's been long in the tooth. But anyway, so, uh, so John Del Vecchio, y- y- here it is. If you want this book, it's $24.99. It's a very inexpensive book. It's not an expensive book. Now, it also said what I think is hilarious is it also is available on Kindle, Kindle yeah. for $9.99. Now, apparently, my my appreciation of what a Kindle is and how a Kindle works, my mom had one, you mm-hmm. know. And, but like it doesn't seem to me to be the right interface for like a book on cornering confidence is like on the Kindle, I guess. But you know, I guess the images and stuff are cool on the Kindle yeah. too. And it has so, a paper look to it and stuff. Yeah. For 10 whole bucks yeah. on the Kindle, Jesus Christ, get that. You might learn one thing. If you learned one thing, it's worth the price of a uh, stadium beer. So if you remember when you brought this up, we were also talking about the Fort nine thing, right? We were. So yes, we were. I'm going to let John take it from here, but this weekend, well, we had an opportunity to go out with a uh, Cliff, Cliff LaRoque. Cliff LaRoque, you guys. On the Fall Foliage Tour. The Fall Foliage Tour. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun. We tried Mm -hmm. to meet up with some guys, but he really wanted to set it up so everybody rode on their own. To get out to, to the county line, the county line bar. Yeah. Yeah. Which is So we tried to meet up, but it ended up, I just got stuck with Steve Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we had a good time and we were, we were hooning it up. Quite a bit, yeah. Through the Metro Park, and, stuff. and <laughs> but at one point, yeah, oh. yeah, we almost tried to pass the cop. Yeah, not good. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But, but Metro Parks too. But here's the good part: but I almost the, fell over laughing because I, I would have had to. I tried to go ahead and put the counter steering through a turn. The Fortnite so John threw his bike over. <laughs> no, you did not. So I was going through. You something. tried to actually lay the bike down while you yourself stayed yeah, up. Well, you can do it if you're not going too fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
It was comfortable for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you I was just riding on my sidewalls. You just put the bike on the sidewalls and you stayed upright. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. Lean it over here. Perfect. Oh, oh, we're going to go this way. That's great. Then we kept both trying it. So I was on my Z900. I'm throwing the thing this way. I look so stupid. The bike is way over here. Anybody saw you riding through the metro parks. Now, here's the thing for the side saddles. For people who don't live in Cleveland, our metro parks are the most amazing roads and they're they're perfectly laid out they're twisty as fuck they go everywhere there's no like hardly a red light but it's 30 miles per hour and they're heavily patrolled oh my oh, god yeah. yes yeah. Yeah. by zero dsrs yeah yeah, yeah. so they're heavily yeah, patrolled by motorcycles you can't hear yeah. <laughs> i curse myself forever doing that right <laughs> we did take a stroll down meadow lane that oh one, yeah that one really cool thing but it had it was wet, yeah, and yeah. there were leaves on it, and, and it was and, like, and like one point. inch little like twigs that were one inch and flat. Yeah, so, so Meadow like, Lane used to be a road at one point, and they barred like, it off. You know, I, they, I they had slowed to like ten mile an hour, and I still went over the yellow yeah. line. I'm like, I don't want to turn on this at all. It's like, <laughs> there were some really like, inexperienced I, riders too yeah. Yeah. Oh, on yeah, the ride yeah. out. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, So Meadow Lane was off of the parkway. So if you go like, there's that one, but not too far in. If you make a right on this one road, it's beautiful, brand new asphalt. I mean, it's and it's a little roller coaster oh, ride through the woods. It's fantastic. If you got to know it, you could be doing knee drags. Not, not. I mean, not with the conditions that with the, the yeah. stuff on it, but you used to be it, dry and clean. Right. Yeah. but it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I used to take my STI on that road. Yeah, oh, I yeah. worked down in Brexville, so it was like lunchtime. Yeah, ride the drive the meadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I think a lot of us. I, I was a young person. I had a Dodge Omni. And we had, I bought it, well, I had inherited a Dodge Omni. And so it was this 87, so, or 86. So it was a six-year-old Dodge Omni, which from the factory, my mom, this is my mom's car to blown motor, right? From so, the factory? Come on, man. It was a Dodge Omni. So she had put 100,000 miles on it or whatever. Oh, wow. And it was the, the five-speed. But it had the small, the not, I think it might have been a two-liter motor in it, mm-hmm. the 1.7 or 1.8 maybe. But so it was not really, it wouldn't get out of its own way. Mm-hmm. And it was poop brown. So it was poop brown metallic. And it was a four door. And it was the perfect car to give to your son when putting a motor in it and rebuilding a motor would cost more than the car is ever going to be worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my dad had the 78 Dodge Omni with the, you know, same like 1.8 or whatever in it. And it had cracked the head gasket and cracked the block. And we had read a, a popular mechanics article about using egg whites and broken ceramics. So ceramic powder Mm -hmm. and egg whites. And then you make a paste and you put it inside the cylinders where the cracks are inside the cylinder walls Mm -hmm. and you drop light bulbs down inside of it. And that cooks the solution and hardens it into a ceramic crack filling thing. Okay. Okay. Right. Now keep in mind two things. I'm already telling you, this was 1984, 5, 6 when this happened. They didn't have JB Weld back then? Not, well, again, for the inside of the cylinder, yeah. right. Well, but this was supposed to be the solution. Now, to give you an idea of where we were on the socioeconomic scale, mm-hmm. my family. This was a practical This was 1986. Yeah. This was a 1978 Dodge Omni right. with well over 100,000 miles on it. And the practical solution wasn't buy a new motor and fix it. Eggs. The practical solution was eggs and ceramic paste, right? <laughs> and I will do some research on this to find the article that explained how to do it. Sure. But my dad, who is no stranger to rebuilding motors, that's where I got my skills, decided this was going to be the right solution for his back and forth to work beater car. Mm-hmm. 
okay, so we did this and we we did that. We, you run a bead hone through it when you're all done and clean all the shit out and everything else. We did it and it worked. Hmm. Now, not only did it work, but the, the end story to that particular car is that after selling the car with a cracked block and knowing full well that my dad was going to hell for selling a car with a cracked block <laughs> and not making that be the biggest word in the trade and times listing that said 1978 Dodge Omni, 127,000 miles cracked block fixed with eggs <laughs> should have been the listing. That should have been the end of the listing. And I think he sold it for 500 bucks. He didn't make any, you know, it wasn't right. like Ooh, we really ripped somebody off, but it was a, a young fellow of ethnic descent with his wife and three kids. You're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> The guy showed up at our house a year later and, and we were like, oh, okay, well, the I other see. shoe has finally dropped. Yeah. High five. It took a year. Right. And he said, do you have the warranty paperwork for the tires? No shit. Because one of the tires failed and he, rem- he remembered that they were like relatively new tires yeah. and there was some warranty on them wow. that... You know, he was hoping that we would have the warranty paperwork. And I was kind of like, it was one of those things where I was like, you're still driving that. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a year. Oh, yeah. We put 6,000 miles on it. Take the kids to school, three, you know, two baby seats in the back and the whole deal. And it works. It's driving. (laughs) Haven't had any mystery maintenance done to it or anything. You know, didn't get in a collision. They had to replace the motor. Any, any, any sudden cravings for toast? And right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but the guy's still driving it. So, well, that one, that, but that's the story of the other Dodge Omni. But the story about the 1980 Dodge Omni that I had is that it did also have a blown motor. Mm-hmm. So the catalytic converters on these, the technology was pretty shitty. And the catalytic converters would plug up and they would tend to overheat the engines and the engines would crack the blocks. And that was neat. That was not even unheard of mm-hmm. with Dodge products well into the 80s and 90s. Okay. They're just like, you know, quality is job none, right? <laughs> so it's a Dodge. What were you expecting? They Get out of the way. They don't <laughs> call it the anti-Chrysler for nothing, right? So we, that was my laser, was the anti-Chrysler. Uh, anyway, I digress. I had to put a motor in it. So I couldn't find this pathetic 1.8 liter, whatever the fuck motor it was, because the early ones had Volkswagen engines in it. So you LS swapped it? Oh, one better. <laughs> oh, so because there were no f- five-speed manuals, were kind of hard to find. Sure. And a five-speed manual, one point seven, whatever the fuck it was, liter, nineteen eighty Dodge Omni motor. They were all being used in the other ones that had blown up motors. Right. <laughs> but it turns out a lot of the Dodge Omni two point two GLHs got crashed oh. because a two point two Dodge Omni GLS is a front-wheel drive car with copious amounts of torque steer. And when you put it in the hands of a 21-year-old who's on his 14th payment, they wrap him around trees all the time. And the car is generally a write-off, but the motor inside the car is relatively cromulent. Mm-hmm. So I bought a motor for five or, five or 600 bucks, and I put a 2.2-liter fuel-injected motor where there used to be a piece of shit 1.7. And it was a really fun little car with 200 series tires on it in the metro parks. Oh, yeah. And I would go by Squire's Castle, and I would just be lifting up the inside front wheel on every turn and just like pegging this thing through the turns. Like it is full group B world rally class, yeah, you know? And when you pass squares and you hang a right yeah. on that road, that's when them fucking like, I don't even know it's how impossible. the road doesn't oh, it's co- cover itself. It is the best, yeah. like that whole series of turns. If you've got a little hot hatch front wheel drive with sticky tires on it, you can have some fun. Yeah. 
And so that was when I got my license taken away the first time. <laughs> so yeah, it turns out like 75 and a 30 Tink- in the Metro parks. Tinker's Creek got me a hundred, got me 125 and a 25. Oh. Oh. I lost my license for two years. So the Metro parks around here is a cruel mistress because it is amazing, but it is tempting but punishing. And oh, yeah. Roy McKinney said that they got a ticket on the, on the scoots in the Metro parks oh, yeah. and it was $300. Oh, I'm not, no, I don't doubt it. So it's not even like it po- follows the, the pay scale of the city it's in. I think the Metro parks has their own special oh, fining yeah. system. So buckle up buttercup. Me, me and John got this close. There were cars that were like what we were going to be doing. They were doing, they were leaf sightseeing. Oh, they were peepers. And so it's 30 yeah. miles an hour, but they were doing 17. Oh, and so me and John about two or three cars, we did the old, well, we're just going to go, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. and now we're doing 80. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> so there's another set of cars that come up and we're like, I oh, fucked that. Oh, and we're, so now we're good we're, at this. We hit these turns and we come around and we're looking like, okay, we're going to do this car. And then in front of that car was, the fucking the ranger, the ranger. We're oh. like, and like we we're hoping that he wasn't looking back because we were literally like, mm. I'm like, break like, break like, break like, break like. That was Morse code. No, 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 that was no, Morse code. no, 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 and not this one for yeah. people who yeah, don't, don't do not just blast past the oh, that would be the yeah. he'd be so happy, and you know, it would be one of the guys we know, yeah, yeah, right, you know, for a fact, it would be. <laughs> one of our yeah. friends, one of the people that we work with, with the whole zero. But I think at that you know, point, he'd just have to do something. That wouldn't have been good. <laughs> there would have been nothing good coming out no, of it. No, 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 no. And I would never want to put one of our officer friends in that awkward of a position right. to just be like, well, you know, you, you ever heard of Cleveland Moto? <laughs> you guys you guys are doing 85, crossing a double yellow line, passing people. Illegal passing, <laughs> left of center on the double yellow. And there are no real straightaways. No, well, and yeah. remember, too, that they... So people fucking... I've seen people make this mistake. They're like, oh, well, those are just park police. Oh, oh. no. Those are just They're rangers. everywhere. <laughs> exactly. The rangers in the metro parks are just as powerful as state troopers. Yep. They have the exact same powers. They have the exact same arrest authority. They have the exact same points system. So 12 points adds up real fast in the metro parks mm-hmm. because it's like instantly like now it's reckless just because. Now it's reckless because everyone else is trying to look at right. leaves. Yeah. But you know what I forgot to mention? So we were we were going to meet at Edgewater at what, 11, 1130 or something? 1145. 1145. Yeah. And so I left with plenty of time. And, and two seconds after I left my house, it started to rain yeah. really hard. Yeah, it was. And then it started to hail. And I was on my green bike, and I'm like, plastic doesn't dent. What so the I just, shit? I just laid on the gas yeah. tank. I just yeah. laid over it so you yeah. couldn't, nothing could hit the, right. the metal. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, so man. I'm getting mauled. I can only do 20 miles an hour. Yeah. It takes me like 45 minutes to get down there. Holy Everybody crap. had left. Oh, they'd all fucked off. And then I get down there, yeah. and it's completely dry yep. because the rain so never went like to that side. It yeah. never went that far. So now I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're it's raining. Fortunately, I was completely soaking wet. Oh, you yeah. showed up with the with the moisture to prove that you weren't lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy, old guy needed a shampoo. He's like, my bike got all dirty. It's all he's trying to wipe it off and everything. Fucking ridiculous, man. Oh, man. I, uh, you, people who know me know I don't like group rides. Uh, I just, I don't. I've never been a fan of group rides. Uh, well, you're not going for, like, usually it's not a ride. It's yeah. just like you're just a in a parade yeah. doing 20. Yeah, I just don't like it. I've been hit two or three times on motorcycles, and it's always been in a group ride situation mm-hmm. where I saw the bad thing happening. And they didn't. Right. 
So I'll see the bad thing happening and I'll have my exit strategy p- figured out and I'll miss it. When when we had the guy go down on the distinguished gentleman's ride, oh, yeah. Yeah. that guy was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. He tried to pass a car on the left and the car was turning left. Yeah, not good. So the car turned left directly into him, but he blew past me. That same thing happened to me with this guy. I, was, I slowed down. We went through yeah. Meadow Lane. I was going to do a U-turn and go back down. He's coming around the left of me. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell? Yeah. And I've been hit. So the three times I've had, the three times I've had motorcycle collisions, yeah. you know, collisions with other motorcycles, it's always been from behind. Yeah. And it's a very freaky feeling because you're like, I'm just doing my thing. And in a panic situation, I'm going to exercise as much energy as I can. I'm going to, you know, stop that bike as fast as I can. I want to maintain my safety margin. I want to maintain my bubble of safety around me. So if this guy's going down or having a crash type experience, I'm going to be not so much thinking about the guy behind me. Right. And we all know that the problem is I didn't fuck up, but whoops. uh, Yeah. So the accordion effect, right. And so that accordion effect, and one time I got hit, it was in a group ride. And it was a, you know, it was a, a, there's a thing in Cleveland called Louie Run. Mm-hmm. And the Louie Run is like this thing that happens pretty early in the year. And it's a big, big ride, thousands of bikes. And it's very, very Harley centric, right? It's, it's, it's very much, you know, freedom. Yep. And they ride out to a bar called the Peppermint Stick that used to be out there. And it's a very much an East Side thing, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's the official start of the riding season yep. for many, many years. And I used to do this Louie Run all the time. And I did Louie run on my 1945 WLA Harley Davidson. I do it on all kinds of different bikes. And yeah, the one year I'm doing the Louie run on an otherwise pristine Honda CBX and kind of like, you know, got the big dick energy. I'm out there with a six cylinder and kind of like doing my thing. And it's like 99% Harley Davidson's around me. And I'm like, yeah, my shit's made in America. So fuck you. Like my bike was made in Ohio. Yeah. So anyway, and yeah, it was a deal where it was like, I saw, you know, I saw the crash happening. So I saw the crash happening and I was like, okay, well, there's my line. I'm taking my line and pop, 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 and I'll stop. And I did pop, 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 and I stopped. And then the fucking accordion ran into the back of me. Mm-hmm. I got hit five times. Mm-hmm. And then every time you get hit, when you're going zero miles an hour, you get hit and your world goes to shit. Mm-hmm. And then you get hit again and you know, your world was already to shit this way. Now it's to shit that way. And then you get hit the third time, and now your bike's hitting the bike that you didn't hit the first time. Mm-hmm. So now my bike is in the middle getting a fucking Malachi crunch from these fucking assholes. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? And again, I was a younger person then. That CBX was my universe. Right. Like all of the money I had ever touched in my life was in that bike. Yeah. So having it happen that way was traumatic. And then also, you know, motherfuckers are just like, wow, man, that's fucked up, dude. You know, you could have totally did this or you could have totally did that. I'm like, you ran into me. Yeah, yeah. You could have done a Let's lot of things. Let's start talking about what you could have done. And what you're going to do. You didn't have enough yeah. assured clear distance. And that's why you ran into me. Yeah. I didn't run into him. Right. Until two more people ran into me. Yep. So fuck you and fuck you and fuck you and fuck you and fuck you. Somebody's paying for my fucking bike. But you know what? The attrition rate of those kind of rides yeah. would just pale compared to back when we used to do the Rider for Life sport bike rides. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have 400 fucking ass clowns doing wheelies. And then like, so like you'd have all these dudes in the middle of a pack. Right. 
at 70 miles an hour wheeling, mm -hmm. 12 o'clock. So they're looking at the fucking Yeah, sky. they can't see in front and of them. And then yeah. seven people stop. Yep. And now you got a dude wheeling into the back of 17 Some people. of my favorite videos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like to call those, had that coming. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Fuck around and find out. And that's the thing. That's, that's why it's really hard to get me to go out on a group ride, only because... I have been in that scenario in downtown Chicago. I've been in that scenario outside of town. Where did we start, though? For the ride, at the, after we met everybody. County after, line. County line. No, but yeah. where in the group? We were. Uh, we started toward the back, but then right. we quickly jumped right up to the front. Well, that's right. what you do. You start in the back, and you see who sucks, <laughs> and you figure it out, and you see who's right, and then you... So you we make all, a metal note. Yeah. yeah. and then yeah. You There was this big gap in the middle because somebody was on a 50cc... Probably a two valve Vespa or something. Oh man! And a Honda Spree. And just and yeah. like, yeah. why the hell is there this big gap? And we're like, buh, 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 buh. yeah, because they Gone. can go thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh man, I to me that you know I cannot, I don't enjoy it. And you know I've led the DGR for twelve, you know, yeah. ten years, and I go out and I act like an asshole and slide sideways into the intersections and the whole deal. Oh, but that's because I'm in predator mode. Mm -hmm. So I get to be in full, like my knob is set to attack, right? So the knob is set to attack and that's great because then I'm completely in charge of my own universe. Right. And it's better if the 200 people I'm passing don't know I'm there. And then I leave enough room so they could do something stupid. Yeah. I mean, and, when you're doing, yeah. you know, trying to stop traffic right. and everything, you're flying down the, in between the yellow lines. Yeah. There's two scooter, two bikes over here, yeah. and a car going this oh, way. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know what he didn't do is he didn't have a, a rider prep. Yeah. The talk yeah. because mm -hmm. he had a blocker in the yeah. first two intersections. Right, the blockers there blocking traffic. Yeah, and all the people on scooters just stopped. They and just were waiting stop. at the light. Right. We're like, because you know damn well Jesse Noblet. Like Jesse's gonna <laughs> yeah. pull out. Jesse's gonna block. We have yeah. a lot of people yeah. that we ride with that are very good blockers. They were there on their new on their Indians. brand new yeah. Indians. They got mm -hmm. new scouts, and we have a lot of people in our group that we ride with that are fantastic safety officials. Like they're really fucking good. We weren't at getting to the intersection, blocking the traffic, waving and smiling and not creating an incident. We're too busy trying to turn like this. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, Oh, there must, there must, they must've watched oh, a, it's video. a new technique. It's a new technique. <laughs> not sponsored by John Del Vecchio and quarter in confidence. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it. I, I was waiting to see though, if there was a follow-up Fortnite video where he kind of is like, yeah. where he just takes an opportunity to be like, look, man, I never said do this at 70. Right. Right. Like <laughs> he was like the 25 miles an hour thing was implied. Yeah. Right. And even at 25, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. I've never found it to be an effective method of getting no. my job done. I mean, I would always rather. The I think sides it's of fine. your tires are way stickier than the bottom though. I'm just saying. I feel like you get more traction you get more on your traction sidewall. out of it. Yeah, because you know that's the part where you don't use very much of. So it's pre it's fresher. All that fresh rubber. <laughs> it's all that fresh. Rubber. It is though. I'll give you this. I'll tell I you this. I get you to be a dark sider yet. If if, <laughs> if, uh, if your friends, I'm gonna be a front dark sider. Yeah, right. <laughs> if your friends, you know that reminds me, John. Your bike, the uh, the versus has. It's like the back wheel is flat. It's yeah. got a flat spot on the tread I'm all confused. the way around. Well, I can't help it. I... What do you mean it's a flat spot in the tread the whole way around? I mean, it, it's like it's like this, and then it's highway drive. Oh, it's highway drive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Drive, but I yeah. mean, that's right. It has three thousand miles yeah. on it. Now. That's highway driving. But yeah. there a lot is... of that was back and forth to work. If uh, if you have okay. friends that are making fun of your chicken strips, yeah, 
that off kilter turning. Oh, it burns them up. Yeah, you yeah, look like a them fucking chain. You look yeah. like fucking Valentino Rossi. Right. You're, You're like, like holy shit. past the edges. You got to your a whole bunch rims. more of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got snot balls out of the edge of my fucking tread just yeah. hanging off. Yeah, look yeah. at me. I'm good. Normally, what I would like to do is just do a burnout and be like, kind of re-round your, re-profile your tire, but. Have you ever done this? When I'm on the highway, occasionally I'll lean like three degrees just in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm burning some. Oh, side. just to even it out. Yeah. Right. Because I, the road's off camber. Yeah, the road's a camber like, to you know, it. I'll yeah. lean this way and that way. Yeah. Like, just to keep them, you know, keep yeah, it honest. Try to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it honest. Or if it gets really bad, just overinflate your tire by about 10 PSI and that fucker oh, rounds right out. Whoa, <laughs> man. I, we have bikes that come into my shop all the time where the joke here is like 99% of the motorcycles that show up here at the service department have eight pounds of air in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's almost Something's a lock. wrong with the steering. It's got to be the bearing. Always a lock. Like, and, <laughs> right. and they come in and they're like, yeah, I just brought it in for my annual service. And I'm like, you rode here. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I love you, man. You rode in for your annual service. That's great. I'm going to get you to the front of the line. Super cool. Great. Get on the bike to literally just turn the bike around in the parking lot and put it in the service department. I'm like, what the Jesus Christ? I was just going to ask, how the hell do they even turn it? Like when they're know. in their garage or whatnot, you're I like, know. and well, no. <laughs> it's not even like it's like, oh, there's eight PSI in the back tire and 26 in the front. Like, oh, they got a leak or something. No, it's a dead even, eight and eight. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck? And so I will always make a point to be like, did you ride here? Yeah. As they're wiping their helmet off? Well, yes, I did. On that? <laughs> yes, I did. The Rebel 500? Yes, I did. You rode that here. What's wrong? Well, come on over here. Yeah. And then I'll do the thing because I have a calibrated foot. I kick a tire. I can tell you what the PSI is, right? <laughs> so I boot the tire. So I boot the tire and it sounds like I just kicked a fucking glazed donut, right? <laughs> Bonk. <laughs> the sound just goes away, yeah. right? There's no resonance. There's no nothing. It's just deflated as fuck. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you should do that. Every time you ride a motorcycle. When's the last time you put air in there? Well, right. they put, got the tires on five years ago, so... Uh. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is a Rebel 500. Oh, she bought the bike two years, years ago. Oh, two years, okay. And she goes, when do you put air in it? And I went, always. Oh, <laughs> Never stop putting air in it. I, when you buy a bike here, we give you a keychain that has a fucking air pressure gauge on it, mm. right? Just, and I'm like, you have to check the air pressure every 30 days. Yeah. Even in the winter? <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you're not riding it, you don't. But anytime you're planning on riding it or riding it, you should check it every 30 days. And of course, in the spring, you got to change the winter air. To out. the winter air, of course. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that. Yeah. And so I'm trying to explain to her why you have to do this. And she is 100% not getting it. And she goes, well, if the tire was really that dangerous, if it was that dangerous, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to sell me tires. If that tire was that dangerous, a light would have come on. Oh, wow. And I went, well done. You, you're right. You're right. You're right. I was I, trying to sell you some tires. I can't wait for my next service. I'm going to fucking just deflate them completely. Yeah. Oh, just, just, like, just ride here, right. deflate them. Just dump them right out. Yeah. Tire dump pressure. Right what are you talking about? It's fine. This thing doesn't have GPS. I got an amazing grip. Go the other way and put like 110 in it. So when they hit the thing, it just blows their head off. Okay. So, so here's the one we had in here the other day was the guy brings the bike in and the, he says, well, the tires make, it's making a weird noise. There's a suspension problem or a bearing problem. It's grinding. Oh, Okay. Hey, hmm. all right. Not my circus, not my monkeys. You know, that's fine. Bring it in. GSXR or whatever, right? 
go to roll the bike in and holy shit. Yeah. It's hard to push. <laughs> it's straight up kind of hard to push. Hmm. And I'm like, well, that is fucking weird. It's hard to push. And so I'm like, okay, brake calipers got to be hanging up. Sport bike, no maintenance, whatever. Brake calipers hanging up. It's not in the front. Kick both calipers. It's not in the front. It's hanging up at the back. Okay, rear brake. You know, not too many people on sport bikes use their rear brake, so it's probably hung up. It's not. And I look at the fucking tire. This tire (laughs) is not for this motorcycle. Oh. This tire is, this is supposed to be a 180 by 55 by 17. And this tire is like, a 170 by 85 <laughs> by 17. This is a tire from a motorcycle from like 1983 when side profile tires were really tall and it was inflated to 65 PSI. Wow. <laughs> it was and it had a tube in it. <laughs> oh, so there was an inner tube in it. And so then I realized, so I, of course it's not pushing and he's here and I go, so I, you know, and I look and the, the tire's all shiny because the tiny's, the tire's been rubbing oh, yeah, against the, the sub swinger, fender, yeah, yeah. right? It's rubbing against the sub fender. Fortunately, it hadn't hit the swing arm. And I'm like, again, you rode this in here? Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't notice that it's like, literally, you have a friction brake, like on a go-kart, rubbing yeah. on your back tire, and it's probably making bad smells because yeah. the tire is glaze-hardened. The entire thing looks like an old brake pad. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, so... Your tire is hitting your sub fender, almost hitting your swing arm in the front. Your tire is not a 180 by 55 by 17 that it should be. Mm-hmm. It's a 160 by 75 by whatever. A so lot of people don't know. All wrong. Yeah, they don't know that. They just and know he it's says, 17. Well, it's fine. I ordered the tires online. <laughs> I told them what bike I had. I'm like, you told them. You said you ordered it online. You clicked in what bike you had. The only way I can think is like he ordered tires for a Suzuki GS 550. Oh yeah. To go on his GSXR 600, yeah. right? And that's what they sent him. But he said when I got the tires, I took it to a place to mount them up, and they said they wouldn't mount them on my bike because they were tube type tires, and so they wouldn't install them for me because the bike is a tubeless. Right. Like, and it is. <laughs> and I said, so the solution was to buy some tubes. He goes, yeah, the guy sold me some 17 inch tubes. <laughs> and I said, did he mount them for you? He goes, no, no, no. He told me, but I could watch a video online to mount the tires up myself. Uh, so this fuck knuckle took the tube home, yeah. his tire that he had bought into the shop to have mounted. And this is why if you're an idiot, have a shop, do your work for you. Cause they will catch shit like that. So he went home and somehow managed to conquer a tire change on his own. Some lonesome, and mounted the completely wrong tire with an inner tube into a wheel that's set up for a tubeless configuration. Golf clap. Because yeah. he didn't pinch the tube. Yeah. Well yeah, done. Yeah. Well true. done. Now, the pinch, a pinch tube would have saved his fucking life. But as it is, he comes in. So then he's, you know, he's like, well, what do, I'm like, you need a new tire. So you need a valve stem. Or do you have the valve stem that you took off? Cause it's a tubeless. Right. Do you have that? I can replace it or I can just sell you another one for six bucks and you need a new tire because you need the tire. That's supposed to be that right. has the numbers stamped on it that are stamped next to the tire on the swing arm. See right. this motorcycle tells you what tires to buy. Mm-hmm. I bought the right tires. Not according to your swing arm. You didn't. Right. 
I will show you in print where they're not the same on the tire and the swing arm. So yeah, you can go five millimeters different maybe if you're weird, right? But but this is wrong in every way and it's a tube tire. So one, I will fix this for you. I will unfuck your situation. But we do need to order you in this tire because I don't have any of this tire in at this moment because there's a bit of a logistics problem in America. So we're short on certain tires. Can I bring my own tire in? Oh, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not supposed to let you leave this shop on this motorcycle in this configuration because it's an obvious safety problem. But I'm about to walk into the building. And if you disappear... I know nothing about it. Right. And I'd really rather if I didn't have to push your non-pushable bike in the shop later on tonight. That'd be great. So I'm like, so what that I'm what I'm saying in code is when I come back out here, I don't expect you to be here, but you can show up back here with a tire that matches the numbers that are on the swing arm and I will install it correctly and you'll be good to go. Well, what's that going to cost? 90 bucks. Right, ninety bucks. I'll dismount this piece of shit. I'll put on the new piece of shit. Ah, it's not that I'll hard to push. It, Fuck it. Right, it'll be fine. <laughs> never came We've back. Never seen him oh, again. Of course not. Your buddy uh, Tom on Facebook, Peddington or whatever. Yeah, Tom Peddington. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, he posted something I thought was pretty humorous. He was like, customer came in complaining of clutch problems, possible transmission issues, yeah. and everything, and was freaking out. Every time I hit the gas, I hear crazy clicking noises. Yeah. The bike hardly moves forward. Yeah. He goes, after two two minutes of uh, eyeballing the bike, yeah. and he shows the picture. Sprocket no teeth? Nothing. There was yeah. nubs. There oh, was like oh, little oh, no fucking teeth. nubs. We get one a year. <laughs> one a year, we get the, the bike comes in with the sprocket with no teeth. Yeah. And it's just, it's hilarious, too. And I, I always get a kick out of it because- the way sprockets and chains work is like they'll work. They'll work when they're so fucked up, like a, a, a fucked up chain and a fucked up sprocket. They work remarkably long. Like it's crazy how long a chain and a sprocket will actually get you down the street. And it makes weird noises and shit, but chains are noisy anyway. Mm-hmm. But once they start to eat each other, once they've decided that these pins and these teeth don't line up anymore because the teeth are cut or the mm-hmm. pins are stretched or whatever, once they decide they've got an appetite for each other, it happens fast. Well, and that's the thing. It's funny. Like, you'll see people, like, they want to get the gold X-ring chain because right, yeah, it looks yeah, right. sweet. You know, yeah, I'm right. guilty of that. Yeah. But they'll buy the $200 chain, Yeah. but then they won't they change won't, the sprockets. They won't buy two sprockets. $22 each. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and they wonder why the, this, cha- this chain shit. It only lasted oh, 2,000 miles. Yeah. Oh, know? the chain's clearly garbage. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your fucking sprocket should say Makita on the side right. for the way that it's digesting metal. Right. Like, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, and if you start yeah. with the new chain and new sprockets on right. both, they'll yeah. mate to each other Absolutely. and they'll last for a long time. A long time. time. So, yeah, we, we get one a year that we're just like, this one's for the wall. <laughs> this is the one we're hanging up this year. It's yeah. the front, you know, the, the Sunstar sprocket. You know, it's the cheapest aftermarket <laughs> sprocket anybody could buy. And it's like just, it literally just looks like a disc. I have a sprocket question for you. Okay. So on my FJ09, I replaced them with the stock sprocket front and like a better sprocket, same size in the back and the right. new X-Ring chain this yeah. year. I'm trying to cut down on this vibration. So I just, like, it has a weird vibration between 4,800 and 5,000. It always has, it's complained by a lot of bike owners and stuff. Yeah. I found an article the other day that said that, so this this stock, the front sprocket has two rubber kind of O-rings mounted to the, or fused to the side of it. Makes and so sense. when the chain comes in, right. the bottom of the links kind of run on the rubber, and it's supposed to de-vibration the bike. Makes sense. Yeah. But 
I wonder if that's causing the vibration because now it, the chain's not really, it's getting... There's one way to find out. Oh, yeah, I got to change this. But I still know, I'm asking, have you heard Have you heard anything about it? I have it? not. No, okay. I have not. Yeah. But I mean, most modern motorcycles, the chain runs on a nylon runner yeah. that basically is the length of the top of the swing arm. Yeah. So that's, you know, and that's an item that's very frequently overlooked. It's amazing how long they last. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that is something that the chain literally, when we're kids, like when we're checking chain slap and shit on motorcycles, that, you know, oh, the Honda manual from 1973 says inch to three inches of chain slap, you're okay. Well, you get into a modern motorcycle and the chain is literally running on that rail the entire mm -hmm. top of the swing arms. You're like, fuck, man, you know, because our, our swing arms have so much more travel than they ever did before. Mm -hmm. And because the angle between our sprocket and our final drive uh, sprocket is different than it was back in the 70s and 80s when it was pretty much a straight line. Right. So it's, yeah. it's gotten to be different. But it is, I have not heard about that, but I do know that they do make a vibration dampener. Yeah, that that's is, what I'm saying. Right. Like, it's like the, yeah. the rubber, like, so where the, the, the chain pockets would come into the sprocket pocket, yeah. the rubber sticks up about a millimeter. A little millimeter, yeah. Just to, like, yeah. kind of pad that. But yeah. I just wonder if that's not some, some kind of a dampener. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And again, those are, it's another item that you're looking at that going, that will not survive 3,000 miles. Yeah, right. So they just put it on for initial customer satisfaction. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole lot of shit in motorcycles. I work on them every day. There's a lot of things that manufacturers put on your motorcycle that is there so that you'll give a five-star rating. You know, the initial customer satisfaction surveys, the motorcycle industry hangs their hat on that shit. Mm. And that's why people are like, BMW has the highest initial customer satisfaction rating. Harley-Davidson, second highest initial customer satisfying satisfaction rating. Both of them have the absolute lowest yeah. reliability ratings. So these two motorcycles that have the worst reliable reliability ratings wildly advertised to the world that they've got the highest customer satisfaction, right? So that's, that's just, and there's all kinds of shit like that. That's like, oh, there's this dampener here, this buffer here or whatever. Yeah, sure. And they're all just sacrificial. So, you know, right. you ride the bike for, what was the, remember the chain oiler that was on all the old CB 750s? So when did they quit? Was that 74, 75? Oh, it'd probably be seven, 76 is the last like year for the, the like the cave. It's there's, I think there's a K6. I think it might have been. But yeah. then you go 77 and 78 are different. No. The, so the chain oiler system that Honda had designed. Which I've never really looked into. I've never actually like yeah. taken the cover off and looked to see exactly what it is. And it is a gravity-based lubrication system that essentially they made different products. There were aftermarket Scott oiler kind of things that existed that had a reservoir of oil that just had a like the thing you feed mice with, you know, the thing in a ferret cage. So it's not leaking on your floor in your garage until you're going down the road and the chain is moving past it. And then it's just drizzling some oil onto the drive chain, which is hilarious, right? It's that whole idea of just like, oh, just fucking oil. Just put it everywhere, yep. right? In England, it makes sense because they ride in you yeah. know, snow and slush Absolutely. and fucking whatever. Well, I mean, that's that's the idea behind the real McCoy, right? I mean, right. it did that for trains. Like, it yep. dripped oil where it needed exactly. to. Exactly. Yep. It's the whole concept. And having owned several of those Hondas that were pre-76 or pre-70, yeah, 76 or 76, 77, yeah, right? that, though, that I've owned them, I have never bought one of them ever in the history of my life that had oil in the reservoir, <laughs> right? There was something that was like, okay, maintenance checklist. All right, squeaky front brake pad. Got it. 
check. You know, like there are things, if you know a Honda CB750, you know that every Honda CB750 is going to have these certain things. You know, uh, head gasket weeping, check, right? They're, they all do. You can't get away from it. And chain oiler empty, check. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> it's a guarantee. If I ever would in my life had bought one, that still had oil in it, I would fucking fall over right. because it was so impossible that anybody at any dealership was like, yeah, we're going to fill that up for you every time you come in. I always yeah. like the turn single beepers on those. Fuck yeah. Yes. Turn your turn single on. Beep, yep. beep, yep. beep, beep, beep. And because it was switchable. Yeah. So they designed into the switch so that you could have the turn signal beeper beep or not beep hmm. based on how you use the switch. Oh. It was really clever. So again... Yamaha had self-canceling turn signals. Good for Yamaha. On the right? Harley Davidson had self-canceling turn signals. Still does to this day. BMW has got, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't back then. But the idea, but then it is hilarious when people come into my shop every single day and say, oh, does this bike have self-canceling turn signals? And I'm like, no. And they're giving me the gas face. And I'm like, what did you ride here on? <laughs> uh, hold on. If I don't go out in the parking lot and see a Yamaha XS750 or a Harley Davidson or a new BMW, right. I'm going to call you somebody who read a book once or read a magazine article and now thinks that self-canceling turn signals are de rigueur on all motorcycles. Because Although at this point, they fucking kind of should be. They right? kind of should yeah, be. Right. No, get me wrong. Uh, my Harley Davidson's, the self-canceling turn signals must be psychic. Because when I'm just doing a lane change, like just a quickie lane change kind yeah. of thing, I do the lane change and I look down to see if the thing's still flashing. Because if you've ever ridden with me, you'll see my left hand constantly pumps the turn signal canceller. I don't want to be the guy driving down the road right. with my turn signal on for seven hours. Smith. So my wife looks over at me anytime <laughs> I'm running or you watch any of my YouTube videos, you'll see my left thumb is pumping, just pumping that button for, you know, for all it's worth. Yeah, the button. Just hitting it for no goddamn good reason. What you doing? Just turning it off. Just making sure it's off, motherfucker. And I do that. But yet the Harley, when I look down at their console, it's off. And I'm like, okay, well, this one, I'm doing a left-hand turn. Eventually, when I get up to the position in the light and then I make the turn or I'm doing a really long left-hand turn. And I'm like, I look down, I'm like, something's just still on. And then I'm speed. straight again because it's all, you know, gyro based. It's all like sure, you know, something to do with switch speed sensor. too. So if you're at a constant speed, it knows that you probably don't need it on that much. How can it do that so well and do everything else so poorly? <laughs> okay. Seriously. Tim, Tim was a very good engineer and he had one job and he, he's been working at Harley for I 30 years. My, I love my 103. I love it dearly. I think it's one of the best Harleys I've ever owned, but it's fueling you know, is, is a term we use very loosely around here, but it's like... That bike has never had the same <laughs> idle ever, right? That bike is like, you pull up to the red light and it's like, going to stall, stall. And then the next time you pull up to a red light, it's like, you pull away from the light one time and it's like, yes, let's go. You pull up to the light next time and go to leave. Hold on. Wait a second. I'm like, I'm the same guy. I'm not even wearing different gloves. I drive the same course every fucking day. The twin cam 88 with all the modifications to the cam and with all the modifications to the cylinders, that bike's been breathed on heavily. It's got all the screaming Eagle pieces on it. It's just angry. 
And, you know, if you want to know why Harley guys sit at the light and go rev, 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 because they're praying it doesn't stall so that they don't have the ego kick of having to be like, oh, yep, I stalled my butt. Hold on a second while I get this shit together again. So they would just rather sit there and go, yabba, dabba, dabba, do, yabba, dabba, do, yabba, dabba, do all the time just so they didn't stall the fucker. The twin cam 88 bike that, that I've got is just incredibly not happy. Mm. Like it just is, it's, it's whole life. It's operating under protest. Does it have a loping cam? So it's got, yes, it has all of the things. <laughs> and when you, when you ask it for ferocity, it says, yeah, <laughs> I know what you want. Fuck. I guess I'll do it. Whereas the, the 103 is like, okay, let's do that. You know, the, the, the 103 doesn't bitch about it. The, the just a real quick thing. It. I was just yeah. doing some research. And yeah. here's eBay is showing a 1979 Honda CB754. <gasps> Euler? Drive chain Euler. Oh, boy. Still was on those. Yeah, that's So maybe it's I had on no all idea. the single overhead cams until. I mean, that was the end of it. So 78 was my, 70, my CB750 K8 was. I think that was the last year. 79. So 79 was the last year you could get a, uh, a, single, a single over cam, right? Yeah. Fuck, man. To yeah, 69 to 79. Pretty easy to remember. Because I do remember I did you have, that? my I dad did. had that 1980 custom, which was the dual overhead cam. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't extinguish a flaming cat with that bike. That thing was, <laughs> and no part of it. All it did was it just kept looking in the mirror going, I'm going to be a sportster someday. And every time I'd look at that motorcycle, that motorcycle would say back to me, you could have had a Sportster. You could have had a Harley Davidson. But you got me instead. I'm a Honda. Just like a Harley. I got an H in my name and everything. And meanwhile, I would look at the other side of the garage and see the 78 CB750K. And it was beautiful. And it had like the badging on it was like nice. And it was gold relief. And it had a nice K on it. And it looked cool. Four and a four pipes. the one you drove home in the winter? Yeah. It was yeah. a great bike. And I mean, it was cool. And it was like black and orange and gold pinstripes. It was a very pretty bike. Yeah. But then I would look over at the other side of the garage at that 1980 CB750 Custom. And it's shades of three different colors of blue. <laughs> and very metallic. And it was the color of my grandma's sofa. Um, you could buy it in brown sofa and blue sofa. I think were the two colors the bike came in that year was brown sofa and blue sofa, and it did, it did. have a sissy bar. They were kind of they kind of came that way, <laughs> and the seat was that horrible king queen king. It was oh. from the factory king queen yeah. seat. That's just the way they built them. That was it, but it just never it never was happy. The bike was like it was perfect and it had no miles and there wasn't a blemish on it and it was the perfect example of a CB750 custom, which is to say. Nobody wants that. <sighs> God. Oh, they make the best cafe racers, though. Yeah, yeah. Because the frame's going in all the wrong directions. Yeah. And that 85-mile-an-hour speedometer is very sexy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The teardrop tank. The teardrop tank. Oh, man. Oh, what a fucking train wreck, that bike. And again, I've had all these people that are like, oh, yeah, dual overhead cam's where it's at. I'm like, where you been? Yeah. Where it's at? No. Not not even a little bit. I'm pretty sure this motor was designed to self-destruct, <laughs> right? Everything I can do easily on the single overhead cam motor, I can't do on the dual overhead cam right, motor. Right. Have you ever done cams on a dual overhead cam, a, do a dohawk? Because I haven't. John, what was have it? you ever done cams on a dohawk, a, a dual overhead cam 750 Honda? I had the head off of a 
650 dual open. You did? Yeah. I would replace the head gasket. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It wasn't that big a deal. I've just I've I didn't always... have to take the motor out of the frame. Either. Yeah, no, it comes off. And then, and what I kind of was kind of cool is they had these little baths for the oil lobes. Yes, it does. Yeah. So they're you know the only what I didn't like is there were these rubber plugs because you had to tighten the head studs through the through the thing through yeah. the rocker boxes and then there were rubber plugs to keep them sealed. Oh. So you had to mm. replace those rubber plugs, but yep. each one of the each one of the cam lobes was in a little bath. It held a little puddle of oil, so they were, you know. Yep. They they would not run out. Yeah. Yeah. The cams were. I've I had never. Thanks in, for bringing me back to the podcast. I, I did. I wanted to make sure you were back in. Well, to but, be fair, I, I didn't want to bother you. You were practicing your reading, and I was very proud. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. <God>. Wow. <laughs> Just thinking of all I the told wrong, I told loving all stories. the wrong decisions that uh, have brought me to this point. <laughs> that literally got you to this exact <laughs> moment in time. What right. did I do? Yeah. Here's an advertisement for the uh, 1970, uh, 79 or 1980 Honda CB 750 Custom Sweet in back. brown sofa. Uh, so the and this is you can tell that they really wanted to promote this bike because the picture was taken with bad lighting. Uh, it, it really, there's no way that you can actually look at any part of the bike at one time and be like, Oh yeah, that, there's, that's cool. Yeah. I just wish they would have kept the Comstar wheels. That that's something I, I still think that the Comstar was one of those great things like, no, cause there were Comstars that weren't tubeless. So I have to remind people just because it's a Comstar does not immediately mean that it's tubeless. Right. It, mm. You will fall into that trap and you'll be Comstars. They look kind of cool. They're technically several piece rims it's a three-piece rim right, right. it's all riveted together but you know oh but it's tubeless and you're like ah some some yeah. <laughs> not all of them yeah so they weren't all tubeless some were tubeless they looked the best on the cx 500 though i think oh man the cx the cx and and again i wish that stephen hoffert were here just right now so we could wake him up to talk about a cx 500 <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best ever just hey wake up we're talking about your bike because that is that again. Oh my God. If you listen to our friend Ryan talk about the CX 500, he has, he will swear to God, he cornered that thing over so far that the handlebar grip hit the pavement. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I've heard him tell the story more than once. And Does he have 36 inch wide fucking handlebars? Beach bars, maybe. <laughs> or just a pole, right? I don't know. But I've ridden a whole lot of CX 500s and I would never ever describe their handling as crisp. No. Never, not once ever. And they've never seen one that had anything less than 30 year old tires on it. Right. So I think they <laughs> sold them with 30 year old tires on them. You know, well, it's, solid. Tall, it's actually a tall bike. It has some clearance. It's a like really it. tall bike. And that V motor does have a ton of clearance. But you ain't getting the handlebars. You're down. not going to be getting the handlebars. Yeah, you ain't getting the handlebars down. I, I don't care. I mean, look, I love you, dude, but you ain't getting the handlebars down. That, that's that's that is just not going to happen. The uh, I, I did find a picture of my grandma's sofa. Uh, that <laughs> color, grandma's sofa blue. That's the fucking color right there. That's it. Yeah, 1981 Honda CB750 Custom, and you, you know, there's there's just no. Like that was the thing. It was like we're gonna put a really good paint scheme on these bikes, like. I think Honda just put everything they had into that level of commitment on that motorcycle. But God damn it. If you look at the 78 CB 750 K and you compare it to the 1980 or 1981 CB 750 custom, come on, man, where are you going to those handlebars? Like, why is the front end got to be jacked up like that? This is not a chopper. Like, 
there's a lot going on wrong with that motorcycle. We want the bike to look like it's doing a wheelie even when it's not. <laughs> when it's standing still, right? The bike looks fast when it's standing still. No, the bike looks like it's trying to do a wheelie when it's standing still. That's not the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't count. But yeah, that's that's the that's the bike I hate today. So there you Silly go. Silly question. So on most of these bikes, the exhaust seems to angle up. Yes. Why? So the water goes in. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's just so the water goes in. That's all it is. It's uh. Yeah. It makes uh, it more like that evil can look more evil, like that evil can evil wind up. Well, isn't that why a well, lot of them rusted out too? Like, because like water got in so, there and just sits there. And right? So what? Okay. Yeah, well, here we go. And so, I know this sounds. I just didn't know if it so was. So the criminal. There was there's a the reason. one. There's the one that wrote the whole book on sub submariner exhaust systems right <laughs> so the honda cb the honda vf 700 magna in all of its forms the seven so 1987 1988 this bike and you've heard us talk about it it's got a solid rear disc is designed by arlen ness the motor is a remarkable it's the same motor out of the interceptor and all the other good bikes it's a wonderful bike in every possible way it is cool it has challenging styling you know it's got the fake ferrari <laughs> fins cool. on the side okay to you Fair game to me i when i was when i was 16 years old i thought this motorcycle was exceptionally cool 16 year old me right but i also had a flock of seagulls haircut and other things right so that's it it came in two colors it came in the wineberry red and it came in this this dark blue color right My name was it was designed, yeah, it was designed so you could take the passenger seat off uh, so that you could have it as the single version or the double version. So this, the passenger seat and the rear sissy bar were easy to remove. Uh, but the concept of the bike is it's a very, very happy V4 motor in a kind of a hot rod. Power you know? cruiser. Power cruiser, yeah, exactly. Right up there with the ZL900 yep. Eliminator. It was, it was designed to give the Eliminator a run for its money. They had the Magna 650, so the Magna, the V65 Magna, which no person should ever try to ride <laughs> because it just kills you. You know, the first time you're like, look, it's 1100, but it's a cruiser. And then your ass goes through your face because it's just a ridiculous motorcycle to try to ride fast. This was a posing bike on its best day. It was, you know, th- kicking around 70 horsepower or something or whatever. Yeah, the, the Eliminators are fast. It the Eliminators were good. Like, yeah, the 900, 1,000 Eliminators were a lot of fun. would be the same as a GPZ 900 motor. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they had a 1,000cc Eliminator as well, ZL1000 Eliminator. But the, the riding position on those was also just fucking awful. Uh, they were, the riding in Eliminator was not cool. Uh, they wanted the bike to look a certain way when the bike was parked, and they achieved that goal, and they should have went home. Uh, and then said, you just aren't supposed to ride this motorcycle. So, but when they, the Magna did, well, the reason I wanted to bring this up is I've had owned a few of these. And if you got caught in the rain, as I would do all the time, uh, and you'd start your Magna, it would spray water out of those pipes for a long time. <laughs> like a very, very long time. And there are weep holes at the bottom of those pipes. There are these weep holes but the weep holes were good like the day you bought the bike and then they weren't good anymore because <laughs> rust would fill hell. up the weep holes, right? It sounds like a boat starting. But eventually they, they make their own weep holes. Yes, and that's exactly it. And this is one of those motorcycles where if you ever purchase one of these motorcycles and it does not have its exhaust and you're like, oh, I'll just order a set. Yeah. No, you won't. No. Because the exhaust system, if you can find an exhaust system intact for a Honda Super Magna, because they're called Super Magnus, the unofficial name was the Super Magna. If you can find a set of exhausts on these things that's intact, congratulations, you are my new hero. 
But then if you have the mechanical acumen to actually install that set of exhausts, because <laughs> a V4, everything's going the wrong direction. So okay. it is extremely difficult to adjust the carburetors, replace the carburetors, remove the exhaust, replace the exhaust, and to do any sort of cam-based maintenance on that motorcycle. It is engineered to not be fucked with. And that falls into the category of let what the Japanese have assembled, let no man disassemble that, right? <laughs> so it is just based on no user serviceable parts inside at all, ever. So yeah, so that's it. And I, I'm, I still have a strange, weird soft spot form. Like, I don't still love Dodges, but I do still love Honda Super Magnus. <laughs> yeah, do still like them. And every once in a while, somebody will bring one into the shop and I'll take it out for a ride and I'll cane it and I'll be like, shaft drive, V4, it's kind of cool. Mm. You know, it's kind of fun. It's, it's, it's kind of great. Doesn't turn real good. Doesn't stop hardly at all. <laughs> uh, back tires only available on, you know, once when the cicadas come out. Yeah. <laughs> so when the cicadas come out, you can buy the rear tire. It's like a PC 800. The rear tire is a little hard to find, but it does have that badass solid aluminum disc. And you know, they're just weird bikes, but again, can't, you know, you look up what's up there right now. That's what came first. That's the pre-tariff. Oh, yeah. That's the pre-tariff 750. And that bike is also a series of sex crimes. Like that's just a hideous fucking bike. So to go from that to this uh, or, you know, or to this, that's a big change, you know, to make that move in just a year to be able to go from the 86 to the 87. Well done, Honda. You know, you, well, you, you know, gave it's us something that interesting. If you see a guy on a V65 Magna, yeah, I guarantee you, he somehow came from West Virginia. Oh yeah, every yeah, yeah, dude that yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. met up a here, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the V sixty five Magna is sort of the it's the Dyna. Dynas are to Harley Davidson what V sixty five Magnas <laughs> are to Honda. Yeah. It is best operated by somebody just out on parole. <laughs> it is usually the bike that you get from your new brother in law just before he goes to jail. Right. On the promise that you'll sell it back to him when he gets out. Right. And then right. you see the dude and he's driving it with NBA jeans. You know what NBA yes. jeans are? Yes. They came out in like 1980 yeah. and they were like, they had all the basketball yep. teams on the yep. jeans. Oh. Yep. So yep. if you yep. see a guy in 2021 with yep. NBA jeans, NBA jeans. <laughs> you yeah. know that fucker's been in jail for like 25 years. <laughs> this, this was the most ambitious marketing campaign from 1983. You see a guy on an actual drag strip wearing actual actual leathers full head to toe race leathers on a V 65 cruiser doing a smoky burnout because I believe for 11 and a half seconds, it was the world's fastest motorcycle Gotcha. until something else came along. But it was, it was freakish how powerful they were and the amount of shaft jacking they had. Cause it's a drive shaft bike. Mm -hmm. And when you would lay hard into that motorcycle, everything went the wrong place. Like just all kinds of shit went wrong. It didn't have enough back tire. Cause it only had one. Like it, like everything on the bike was a terrible, terrible idea, but it was fucking fierce. And it was a very, very frightening motorcycle, but it was also horrendous to look at. Yeah. It was just really tough to look at. If you look at the bike on the left, which is a saber. So the bike on the left is a saber. The bike on the right is a Magna. They have, the same basic running gear and the bike on the left looks very handsome. It has stood the test of time. It has aged. Well, the bike on the right is disco queen of Montana. It is just nobody thinks that's cool. 
And then you do meet the guy who thinks it's cool. And you're like, I wish, really wish I wouldn't have met you. <laughs> because it's the square headlight. Like, it's got every sin. It is literally every sin. Rear suspension travel, 2.7 inches. Front suspension travel, 73 feet. <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean, what did you what did you My need to accomplish? The V thirty Magna. That would be the. It was like the five hundred interceptor. It was the five hundred interceptor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It Magna form. Right. It was the same. It looked like a Magna. Both rode it at one yep. point. He gave me a ride home for football. <laughs> practice. It was belt drive. It was belt drive. You know yep. what else? I, I wonder wow. why Honda. Every shitty Honda has the dual horns. Oh. I've never Ooh. seen a good-looking Honda that has dual horns. Like Shit. That. We have made. We may have stumbled onto something. Yeah. The guy in the picture is going zero miles an hour. <laughs> I'd like to remind you that the guy in the picture right now is going zero miles per hour. Okay. Keep that in mind. He's going zero miles an hour. What has happened, though, is he is launching the bike. So he has completely unloaded the 47 feet of wheel travel in the front. So his motorcycle right now, if you put the side stand down on that motorcycle... It would never touch the ground yeah. like that bike is 100% full on. It would have done if it was any normal motorcycle, it would have done a wheelie seven inches ago. But nope, <laughs> no such luck. Yep, there's every V65 mo- owner in Ohio. <laughs> that's all. That's the whole of them. That's it. That's exactly it. Somebody pulled the fucking emergency inflation handle on his life preserver <laughs> while he's riding his bike. But that is every guy that comes into my shop that has a V65. He's every heading, single one of them. He's heading to the trawler. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's he's literally he is the deadliest catch. He, uh, they have the same radiator on the Triumph Rocket and the yes. Thunderbird. Yeah, <laughs> not my Thunderbird. No, not your. No, no, no. The, the new, the the new Thunderbird. Yeah. Right. Not your turd bird. No, right. the sixteen hundred Thunderbirds. That dude when he when he called that that shop to buy the fucking jacket, they yeah. made him buy two. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. They stitched them together. For Arrow him. stitch. They were yeah. like, sir. Yeah. Have- Did you just pull a Whoopi Goldberg thing? Well, but here's another thing. This is Honda had the greatest advertising back then. I want to tell you that the picture we saw earlier, the guy in the full race leathers on the quarter mile. The, the ad literally says, bad news travels fast. Yeah, what the fuck? That's the stupidest ad I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a full That's what it says. It's a full spread. They paid a lot of money to say, bad news travels fast. It does a 10, 8 and a quarter mile at 124 miles per hour. That is a very quick bike. It is. Don't That's get me fast, wrong. Yeah. That's a fast bike. Of course, it does still look like that. That yeah. it looks like a it looks like a child who saw a picture of a Harley Davidson once drew one, passed it off to a Japanese person, ran to Tokyo and said, this is what Americans want. And that's what they built. That was almost as bad as I don't know if you guys saw recently. Samsung had like an ad campaign where they just like they had some kind of an algorithm grab like hashtag posts of Samsung oh, no. and then feature them in their own. Ads. Oh, no. And so like the ads were like. Bought phone broke in four seconds. The next one was like, crack the phone. This thing sucks. And like it was ah! on the fucking feet. It lasted for like two days and then it was gone. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, that, that's the whole. I mean, come on, man. That bad news travels fast. Give me a break. Is he man. hand shifting? Oh, you're right. His left arm is down for added aerodynamic efficiency. But wait, how could he even read? That thing's fucking way down there. He's 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 got it down. Right. You're right. You're right. His hand is definitely down. Or he's doing that like super like he must have his hand down. Yeah. He must be just going for ultimate aerodynamic efficiency. Okay. 
Yeah. But realistically on that motorcycle, you shouldn't be through all five gears in the quarter. True. So he shouldn't have the time to put his hand in because he, he should literally just be fanning the clutch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. He should be three gears and done. Right. So anyway, I digress. It's too, that's just too much information, but, but anyway, we, so now we've determined that the V 65 Magna is really, really bad. Terrible. Yeah. They're ad. I do remember Maybe the ad that said up like this and one arms down like this. Cause the bike shaft jacking. Oh, well, that's how that's a real thing. Cause it, that bike is probably leaning to the right super hard because they shaft jack like a motherfucker. Well, uh, for me, it looks like his hand. You can just see it just on where the tank breaks yeah, underneath. Yeah. You can see just in the front. It's almost like his arm's coming down. His hand is just right there under the tank. I don't, it's weird. Yeah. That is a very weird picture. That is a very strange, very strange picture. And yeah, again, Honda marketing is normally kind of on spot, on point. And this one is not, uh, my other favorite was this one. I remember this being in cycle world was zero to 55 faster than you can read this. And I'm like, well, that's kind of an insignificant statement. I don't know if that's important, right? But there's the same fella. So that's his racing posture. That's, that's what he's all about. And again, doesn't it look like the biggest mismatch ever? Like you took the wrong action figure and put the wrong action figure on the wrong toy. Like, wait a second, Timmy, that guy goes on this motorcycle and this guy goes on that motorcycle. The guy that goes on this motorcycle right here, he just has a pocket full of unpaid alimony checks. It's, it's even more than <laughs> right. that. It looks like you had two Maestro 12-scale bikes. Yes. And you took the tank and seed yeah. stuff off uh, one and yeah. shoved it on the fucking wrong bike. Yeah, it's a pretty horrible setup. I mean, it's pretty bad. And considering that in its day, you know, there was a period of time in our lives as American citizens. In the, They're putting out 120 horsepower. I mean, Yeah. yeah. It's 1,100cc motor. They're, they're a fucking arm stretcher, man. It's a serious bike. But of course, it you know, they say some sometimes it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, and in this case, it was a wolf in stupid clothing. Right? <laughs> in this case, it was a wolf in a clown suit. Because I there's no way that you could ever get me to look at that motorcycle and go, fuck yeah, I want one of those. Mm. Because I got the 87 Super Magna mm. because to me it was like it solved all the problems. It looked like a motorcycle. I didn't want a motorcycle that looked like a Harley. Right. I wanted a motorcycle that looked like Arlen Ness's fever dream. And that's what I bought. It did not solve all the problems. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. There's there are also some crimes on the Super Magna, like the distance between the gas tank and the triple trees. You could put another gas tank. <laughs> the gas tank stops, and then there's a whole extra period of space where there's just dead space. Yeah. And then then the handlebars start. That's where the drink holder went, dude. You didn't know that? Nothing. There is just it is one of those things where it's just Honda was like, we want the forks to be kicked out. Yeah. Okay. We got to change the geometry. Yep. Well, why not? Because you're not going to like the way it looks. Mm. Okay, do it. They did it. And it looked, there's this big empty space in there that just looks horrible on the Super Magnet. Too bad it wasn't nowadays that it came out because China would have a gas tank front end that you could add to it to like yes, solve the problem. Right, they would. They <laughs> the would plastic, literally, right, yeah. Color matched and it's like seven shades yes. off and just stick it on there. Yeah, a chair beast would make a, a an, eight, an eight gallon tank for a Super Magna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could do the touring tank on your Super Magna, or like a fake yeah. a fake uh, cowl, yes. just to put on the front. Oh yeah, yeah. Some big vents on it. Some novel. Yeah, <laughs> V Max, man. So that's how you pronounce that. What chair beast? A chair beast. Yeah, that chair beast. I always thought it was Acerbis. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not arguing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, stand corrected. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I could look it up if I had to. I suppose aluminum, aluminium. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, no, Phil is always has the proper pronunciation. Yeah. I try. You know, it's an Italian word. So yeah. I'm not so doubt, anyway, I'm not yeah. doubting you. I'm just, yeah. I, I, I don't know. So I, I was today years old when I learned that that's how you were supposed to say it. Hey, oh, we still get in argu- arguments around here about Akrapovich or Akrapovic. Akrapovic, okay. yeah. Right. I mean, there's still that still happens here daily. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got an uh, Akrapovic exhaust. Okay, that's fine. I got an Akrapovic exhaust. Okay, okay. I guess that's fine too. Yeah. I have no problem with that. That's that. Well, you like, know what? I like the eBay ones that just change two of the letters around, so it's like Akapakovich or something like that. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I, I gotta. I'll I'll slap a bitch exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's fucking great. A slap a bitch. <laughs> so they're saying it sounds like a churbus. A churbus. Yeah, a churbus. So, I mean, I'll, I'll play it and see if we can hear it. I don't know if we can hear it, but we'll try it. You're going to talk with your other head? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Aruba. A churbus. A churbus. Oh, a churbus. Well, okay, so now I know how to sell. Yeah, I, I, was, I was on target. I feels like, yeah. A churbus. Right. Yeah. Hey, we, we have a record. What's that? First three-hour podcast. No way. Oh, yeah. And for that, we apologize. Yeah. Hey, you know what we did do, though? We did do something we almost never do. What's that? We talked about motorcycles. Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole whole fucking time. time. Yeah. Yeah. No fucking squirrels in this place at all. Yeah. All right. So that's fun. Remember, you can contact us. I just looked. Two more people bought the beanies. Good. Two more people bought the fucking hats. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you oh, very much. That's, <laughs> Oscar, 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 warm up. Hold on. Right. You, you got to call this to Cleveland Moto Thneed because <laughs> it can be a scarf. It can be a fucking dick warmer, a, a sleeve, a fucking whiskey we holder. We have need for a need. We yeah. have a hard enough time selling it as a scarf. And now you're going to call fucking postmodern hipster shit you're coming up with. It's an artisanally crafted sneed. A thneed. Yes, it's okay. We're going to put it on our plumbus. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, right. So fucking hell. All right, guys, that's it. Um, yeah, if you want to go ahead and get a scarf to match your fucking hat, I I, I guess we're going to have to fuck scarves now, too. Scarf right? them up. Scarf them up, baby. Scarf them up. They're scarfing the hats up. Fornicate so. with your toque. Right. Yeah, if you'd like to have intercourse with Don Chapeau. So you're good. Uh, ride fast, take chances, play us out here. Press the red button.